everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. <laughs> How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 194th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I am your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss... All things Jurassic Park. Of course, before we get into this episode, I have to give a wonderful congratulations to Jennifer Tarek and Josh Evans. Well, I guess it's not Jennifer Tarek, it's Jennifer Evans now. So congratulations to both of you on the amazing wedding this past weekend. I was very privileged to be involved in it, you know, be a groomsman. So I was I was just beyond excited the entire weekend. It was such a blast getting to meet so many uh, new faces, people from online. I had such a wonderful time. It was it was awesome. It's not it's not often that moments like this happen in a fan community where you know everybody gets to know each other so well and we all become such good friends that you know we're all a part of a wedding and and you know invited to a wedding. We all get to meet each other, hang out, dance, party and watch an amazing ceremony take place. It was such a beautiful day. So thank you to Jen and Josh for for including me in that day and uh you know, bringing out so many Jurassic fans. Of course, I got to shout out Tom. Tom Fishenden was there, and I had a, a lovely first uh, meet with Tom. I've never met him in person before. And it's so funny that you can have a podcast and have somebody that is so prominent on this podcast, but have never met him before. But um, I did this weekend, and it was awesome. So thank you for uh, spending some time with me this weekend, Tom. Also, shout out to, to Chris and Jack from Jurassic Outpost. They were also groomsmen in the wedding, and I spent a lot of time with them. So they're both awesome dudes. We had a great time together. And, of course, Caleb, Sam, Corey. Um, it was so great to meet you three. And, uh, you know, after talking online with all of you so much, it's uh, it's so great to finally meet you both, you, you three in person. So thank you, guys. And also for, for having breakfast the next day. Uh, that was so awesome. And for entertaining Lincoln so much during the wedding and of course the breakfast man that that, that was great of you guys I, I really really appreciate that um, but yeah and, and and Lord Christine was out there Lord Christine herself was in person at this wedding and I loved it it was so fantastic to meet with you and hang out and and see you in person and just the fact that you you made the trip out there you came from very far just to come and celebrate with Jen and Josh that was really really incredible but just to really to really meet so many new people as well, you know, Anna, Nicole, and uh, Ashley and Kelsey and, and Melissa, it was so great to meet you all and to hang out for, for a good amount of time. That was that was really wonderful. And I'm, I'm sorry if I missed anybody out there that also attended. It was it was such a party, such a whirlwind, and I'm I'm glad that I was invited and part of it. 
And, uh, of course, to celebrate Jen and Josh. That's the most important thing. And don't worry, we will hear from Jen next week in the Jurassic Mailbag. She had some time for us to sit together and record the episode. Well, uh, that that sounds a little misleading. We didn't actually sit together and record over the weekend. We did it a little bit earlier than that. But uh, you will get the, the classic Jurassic Mailbag again next week. So stay tuned for that. But in this episode... We're going to head to the tower, boost the signal, and relay all the latest news and community topics in the Jurassic Wire. So, as always, Aaron Beyer and I will tackle some of the most recent news and rumors, and of course, spotlight something from the community, I guess? <laughs> and uh, you'll, you'll find out later. But, um, of course, we'd also hope that you like everything that we feature in this episode. Hopefully we're not too negative on some things, but um, we always try to be as positive as possible when it comes to, to Jurassic. But um, it is the Jurassic Wire, so there is always um, a little bit of, um, you know, uh, well, uh, concerns. We, we always have concerns. So I, I, I hope you enjoy that. And, of course, all debates and conversations in this segment are our own opinions and insights from the things that we've seen in the news and around the community. So stay tuned to the beginning of the segment to hear everything that we will be discussing. And, of course, before we get this episode, we got some business to take care of. So over – actually, no, you know what? We're going to start um, with this one thing here, our, our Facebook group. So I know a lot of people have been asking to join, but you know what? It's a very private group. No, no, I'm kidding. I mean, in a, in a sense, it is. We want you guys to uh, confirm that you are, you are a part of this listening community. So we have a few questions on there for you to answer just to, uh, you know, let us know that you, you have listened and you know who we are and what we're about. And, uh, you know, it kind of helps us. Uh, not weed out, but just uh, collect the uh, the podcast listeners. That's really what we're trying to do there is get the people who are listening to the show, who are interacting with the show, and know what we're discussing here on the episode. So please, please, please answer those questions. We have been, unfortunately, uh, denying some people to the group because nobody wants to answer the questions. So if that happened to you, I apologize. Please go back, answer the questions, and uh, be a part of the group. But we do let a lot of people in as well because people are doing the right thing and answering those questions. So thank you so much to everybody has, who has done so. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's our, our PSA for today. Um, but also over on YouTube, let me see, what do we got here? Um... Oh, yeah. So we started out the week uh, promoting um, Tal's, actually, uh, his um, Islands of Adventure Jurassic Park video. So he uh, was kind enough to make up a promo for our channel. Um, and we talked about it. You heard it all last week in, in the um, the Main Street segment on last week's episode, where we talked all about his video, the intricacies of Islands of Adventure's Jurassic Park area. And he has the video uploaded on his channel. So if you have not seen it yet, I will try to remember to include it in the show notes as well. But um, go check it out on his video or his channel. It's the Traveling Clat. Go check that one out. We also did a another live stream um, here in the studio. So I talked all about uh, Mattel's uh, John Hammond figure that's that's um, being released in quotes. Um, so make sure to check that out. I try to. 
uh, temper your anger a little bit, and, and uh, maybe maybe I'll try to do so again today. But Aaron may try to dissuade me from that, but uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out later what we're discussing in The Wire. Um, also, I did a few toy hunt videos or merch hunts, um, and we went out to Target. Me and Lincoln tried to track down some stuff. It's been a while because Target, Target really hasn't updated um, their selections so um, it was interesting to kind of really dive deep and try to see what we could find. Also, I did go to a Walmart as well. I know this is thrilling to hear, guys. I went to Target. I went to Walmart. So mundane. But I did these things for you guys. <laughs> so I went out and I found some, actually, some brand new uh, items for me um, at the store. So I actually was able to track down the Roarivores. Now, I know a lot of you may be saying, I've seen those for a very long time. And you saw them out at New York Toy Fair. Well, I did, but I wasn't able to buy them there, of course. But I did finally track them down. I don't know what has taken so long, but... You know, the Battle at Big Rock dinosaurs have come and sometimes gone, and uh, it, these just never came. I, we got the Savage Strikes already, some attack packs, but but um, for some reason these were just so far behind. And I know uh, if you listen to Collect Jurassic World, uh, they had talked about these items um, a few weeks ago, and they were like, well, you know, these are pretty easy to find out there. And I'm like, guys, no. Um, but yeah, I'm just like rambling. I am so... I'm. I'm just so hyped from that amazing wedding this weekend. I'm I'm just still amped up and ready to go. I'm sure you're you're sensing that on me right now. I've had no script so far, so I am just going off here. But uh, that's what the show's about now. After the hiatus, I've really tried to get off the script, so that's what I'm giving you right now here today. So those were my two videos, uh, the merch hunts as well. So that was it. That was our our uh, our weekly contribution to our Jurassic Park. Uh, podcast youtube channel um but yeah that's that's really about it um so that i think that's all i have to promote for you guys this week hopefully we'll have some more stuff over on youtube this week who knows but enough of me <laughs> completely rambling why don't we go ahead and get this episode kicked off with the ninth iteration of the jurassic wire debate over Isla Nublar rages on. They're taking no chances of a repeat of the San Diego incident. I'm talking about man-made cataclysmic change. The U.S. Senate has convened a special committee to answer a grave moral question. Air one, clear for takeoff. Begin tracking. Go, go. Welcome, everybody, to the Jurassic Wire. I'm Brad Jost, and my co-anchor for this program is Aaron Beyer. The Jurassic Wire is the segment here on the Jurassic Park Podcast where we discuss all the latest news on the saga and the latest conversations in the Jurassic community. Today, we're going to be discussing the live tour, Lego Jurassic Park Gates, Bryce Dallas Howard's Instagram, and uh, a whole lot of John Hammond, and then we have a community spotlight as well. But before all that, let's welcome in Aaron. How's it going, dude? I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm I'm a little salty. I'm going to try not to inject too much of that into the episode. I'm going to actually try to push aside my personal salt and uh maybe just back everything up with some some facts. 
or something like that. But no, I'm overall, I'm pretty good. Good, good. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's been an interesting time over the past month, you know, being Jurassic June and all. There's been so much stuff out there. And uh, we've covered some of these things a lot already. So we're not or some of the things that are have been released. So we're not really going to discuss those too much like Camp Cretaceous. And, you know, we did a whole episode on that, really. So there's not, not really much else to say about that at the, for the time being, I guess. But um I yeah, think there's a whole no, lot of we, other I stuff. I debated like bringing it up again, and then I re-listened to the episode to see like because I I had saved some stuff last time, and then by this week I completely forgot. So it must not have been that important. <laughs> Look, I, you know, we could definitely do like several more episodes on it, but like it, it gets to the point where it's like, do we really need to, he- or like as a listener, do we really need to hear this again or or whatever? So yeah, I want to no. save everybody's ears for another episode. So we'll try to discuss some things we haven't really discussed all that much here. So. Uh, keep it fresh, you know. Um, but of course, we do have some follow up as always. Um, so, over the past two months, we've discussed this um, Jurassic World Evolution leak. Now, um, in the, in April, we discussed like what the leak was and, and everything. Um, and then in May, we kind of uh, discussed like, oh, you know what? It seems like this this leak is just not true. <laughs> it seems like it's not coming true. None of this stuff seems to be happening all that much, like all the, the bigger items that they were mentioning. But um, yeah, as Jurassic June came about, we actually, from our team, we had Tom Fishenden and Steve Hurl actually go out to Frontier, and they learned a whole lot of stuff about the game. And then uh, I think, honestly, like this, the week that we're recording this, uh, the new updates came out, which pretty much, you know, uh, made us liars, I guess, in the last episode. So uh, that one big thing in the uh, leak said that July will be a Claire Deering DLC that will introduce a safari truck, paleobotany, um, and missions will be to save the dinosaurs from Nublar and move to Sanctuary Island, um, some decorations, and a new dinosaurs, Albertosaurus, Aranosaurus, and another. So... I remember, like, we were just, like, I think something, like, last month, we were just, um, you know, this stuff's not really coming true. It doesn't seem like it's legit. But, yeah, we, uh, that was a big oops, I guess, on that one. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Honestly, it wouldn't be surprised if it was originally slated for July. And then, you know, because Jurassic June isn't, like, known outside of the, like, the fan community. Like, it's no, it's nowhere near as, like, formidable, formidable as, like, May the 4th or whatever, right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I'm almost wondering if some of these things were maybe like they already had them ready to go and they're like, well, screw it. Let's just put it out um, in June to kind of go along with that. There's all kinds of other like marketing things that have been happening uh, with other brands. So it just kind of feels like the right time to release that. Not to mention there was E3. So maybe maybe Frontier had a small presence on the floor with this update. I'm not really sure. I didn't go to E3 or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was close and the one thing I was super excited about was the Aranosaurus, and my first complaint is going to be I don't like the Aranosaurus in this game. It doesn't look good. Um, but no, like overall, like everything looks looks okay. I think the Albertosaurus looks great. I picked it up. I haven't played it yet. Um, I think the Albertosaurus looks pretty good. The Aranosaurus is okay. It's just not the – I really love the one from Operation Genesis. I thought that was like kind of a beautiful animal um, in that game, and for being so low poly, you know, it was great. And this one seems to be – missing the mark for me even if it's more like accurate to what the animal actually was um but no i'm excited to to dive into it yeah so i mean that leak was spot on so you know 
I guess uh, look out for maybe the rest of that stuff coming soon that was on the leak. So, yeah, that's one thing we were just like, I don't think this is happening, and then whoops, it did. So that's our, our one little follow-up for this week or this month. Um, but, yeah, we, we got a few topics to discuss here, and um, this first one is not really much to discuss, to be honest. Um, Jurassic World Live Tour teased on their social medias um, that there's going to be a new trailer. So everybody's getting excited, getting hyped, and the trailer debuted. I'll I'll actually just go ahead and play a clip from it here. So or a clip. It is a clip. So let's just play it. <laughs> Life finds. Oh, where'd the audio go? I don't know. Away. I don't know why the audio just got weird. Live show. There we go. Fans everywhere have been waiting for. World Live Tour coming September 2019. I don't know what's going on with the audio. Sorry if it was coming through weird, but um, yeah, it really wasn't much. It was just like a bunch of clips, um, pretty much kind of like on repeat from like what we saw last time with a little bit of different stuff. But um, I was kind of hoping for a bigger reveal, especially with like the hype that they were giving on their social medias. But um, yeah, it really wasn't much else than that. Um, uh, they did like an actual. Um, photo, you know, a video shoot uh, where they set up what they potentially will do on stage and all that. So it was really just a slight expansion on the first trailer. So, um, you know, the tour begins in September, but, um, you know, there's still some time, I guess, to release a bigger trailer maybe or something else, um, hopefully. But um, I don't know. I'm it, I'm still excited for this no matter what, but um, I just thought it was worth mentioning real quick. I'm excited for it. I don't know if it's even something I'm going to get to go to. Um I just don't, I don't know. I don't really have anybody to go with on this one. And I don't know if it's something that like I should, you know, drive six hours to go see, or, you know, if maybe I just try to catch the synopsis online, I'm not really sure what I, what I'm kind of excited about is the possibility of like a Trudon figure, um, hopefully made by Mattel at the show. I don't even think you would even have to have a ticket to go buy one of those. If it's at like a gift shop, you could probably just walk into the, stadium or whatever it is and and just go grab one if you're nearby maybe Um, i don't know about that i feel like with these live tours like i went to one um what was it disney on ice which i think is also produced by feld entertainment um and yeah it was like a ticket at the door like you couldn't even get in oh wow okay yeah oh well then maybe i'm wrong but this (laughs) looks really cool um again blue looks awesome i think genie looks a little off but you know it is what it is it's a live tour they're obviously trying to make her look a little different than the raptor um i think the gyrosphere on the floor is cool um i think that's something we kind of speculated a long time ago could be a possibility if you maybe had like a vip ticket or something like that so yeah just another taste oh yeah well relevant here in june and uh you know good on them for it yeah, well, those seatings uh, are going to be available in the front. So there's a very select amount of uh, – I, I guess they're still like the gyrosphere-ish kind of seatings. They're, they're called like environmental seating or something like that. Um, I guess you're like part of the environment, the habitat down there. So um, sure. that seating does exist. What you see in a trailer is not that. It's, there's actually a gyrosphere that rolls through the show. Um, and there's also other vehicles and all kinds of stuff, motorcycles, tr- uh, Jeeps, um, 
So there's and there's some like weird capture containment car um, golf cart looking thing. So that's cool. I mean they they've got a, a great looking show. It's just this is a very very small insight into what they're producing. I'm assuming like once they actually get the T Rex up and running, um, once they get the full production. Um, on stage, you know, for rehearsals or something like that. I'm sure they will be filming a much grander, um, you know, trailer, I would assume. This is trailer number two, apparently, but um, I'm expecting a little bit more maybe next time around. Yeah, again, I think this kind of just backs up to what I was saying. Like, I don't think a lot of these companies are thinking that June is really anything, but in the Jurassic community, that's the time to get all your marketing out um, (laughs) because it's the most relevant time of the year for the franchise. Like, everyone is is involved on uh, you know on social media and stuff so again good on them for getting a trailer out um it reminded me again to think about getting tickets and and annoying my parents to let uh, or annoying my sister to let my nephew go um which i don't think is going to happen but you know who knows we'll see nice yeah so let's move on here to the next one um lego you know revealed these uh this new th- uh, set here for the the gates and the t-rex um did you get a look at this thing I did get a look at it. It's really cool. Um, I have some gripes. I have some compliments. Like, I'm kind of all over the place on this one. What are your initial thoughts? Well, um, kind of on par with everybody else. Um, I, I went through the description and what it has and everything in uh, the news in an episode recently. Um, but I, I'm, I'll say I am excited for this. I think it's a great-looking piece. I love the T-Rex. I love the uh, the park gates. Um, I think it's you know it's got some fun stuff on the back, um, but overall I'm disappointed that this was it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we kind of all expected more. Maybe it is that Jurassic June mentality, um, like you were saying before. Like I kind of maybe expected a bigger trailer. Here I'm expecting maybe a bigger Lego set, not everything just embedded into the back of a, a park gate. Um, that's kind of disappointing because that that signals to me that you know we're not probably ever going to get a, a visitor center, um, but um, at, like I said, I think this is very cool looking. Um, I I am excited to have it, and I actually I have seen some in person pictures. It's massive. It is huge. So yeah, I, I am ex- excited. I mean, it looks big. I guess my my issue with it is, is I've got. I've got the entire run of the original Jurassic World line, and I've got most of the Fallen Kingdom stuff, mostly stuff that's like island centric. Like I didn't get the mansion for the Indoraptor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to get it, but it just doesn't go with like all the island stuff. But I do have like the Carnotaur, and I've got the uh, the old Jurassic Park. Like I think it was Walmart exclusives, maybe that had like the Jurassic Park sets, like the hatchery oh, yeah, and I know the Dilophosaur yeah. um, encounter and stuff. So all that stuff is really cool. I just don't kind of, I kind of don't get why this doesn't really fit in with that. And by that, I meaning like the T-Rex is brick built. And honestly, like in my opinion, I think it's kind of, I think the T-Rex itself is kind of ugly. Um, <laughs> it, it just is like, we have all these nice smooth dinosaurs that look like traditional um, Lego dinosaurs. Cause these dinosaur yeah. molds were actually made for a different line before uh, they got the Jurassic license. Um the gate is really cool. The font is wrong. And I feel like for a sticker, they could have easily have kind of nailed that down a bit better. Um, but again, the gate is really cool. I think instead of a T-Rex, I would have liked to have seen um, the two cars because they've not officially released those 
um, in product form. The cars are in the Lego game on like video games or whatever. But so there, I guess there is kind of like a blueprint as to how to build them if you really wanted to. Um, but I think I would much rather have seen the explorers come with the, the gate than the giant T-Rex. Like you have to put a dinosaur in a Jurassic Park set. So I get it. Um, but I almost would have rather the singular piece T-Rex with um, the red Jeep and the green Explorer with all these characters. These minifigures are great. And the huge downside of this is that it's $249. Oh, so yeah. yeah, really for me, this would be like the gate and the minifigs, not even the T-Rex. Like, I don't even know if I would build the T-Rex um, personally. So, really? okay. but it's a lot of pieces, 3,120 yeah. pieces. That's huge. Yeah. I um I agree that the T Rex does some you know in some poses look a little goofy. There is like a different pose you can put it in, like where it's it's doing like that kind of iconic roaring pose where it's a little bit lower, hunched over. Um, I I I think it looks fun. Like I really think the set looks great. Uh, Yes, it would have been amazing to get you know two explorers, one explorer, something. I think one more thing would have would have really sold me on this. Um, just a little bit more, and and yeah, that that font does look like kind of like a knockoff font. You know, it's it's probably just the Africa Jurassic font, um, right? Instead of the actual Jurassic font. Right. Um, so, yeah, but um, like I said, I like it. I hate that the stuff's kind of wedged in the back. Like, it's funny that they added a toilet, but like, let's just have the toilet set, like with you know the whole thing, a breakaway set or something. And I I find it really comical that there's a pile of mud. Like what? Why? Why even include that? Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it's got it's, a, it's got the oh, Barbasol. Okay. It's just mud with the Barbasol can. Like, what is that scene? Like, why is that here? Um, I get it. It's a big part of the movie, but find something else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's interesting that it's all in the back. I'm wondering if there's some kind of like swivel mechanic that this gate sits on that you could spin it around. Um. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Yeah, like none of these things actually justify. Well, I take it back. I think the I think the Ray Arnold portion of this actually could justify like having an actual set. Um, But but they already have that set. That's the the one that you have. That like, well, like the hatchery slash like. Yeah, it's just like if you took this out of that of this set and then put it next to that, it would fit in perfectly. Like, or just attach it to it. Like, so you could just do that. You know. (laughs) Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I do like the Ellie Sattler portion of it, mm-hmm. but like the Ian Malcolm, like one, I think I have this Malcolm figure from some little promo set. And like, that's the other thing. Not all of these characters are exclusive to this set. So like, I think I actually have half of these minifigures based on like the Walmart exclusives. Um, I don't think I have a Ray Arnold. I don't think I have a Hammond. I don't think Hammond was ever one that they released. Um, and Ray Arnold is one that they, they haven't released. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I only have like a, three or four three of these maybe i don't know it doesn't really matter um but yeah it's just weird and it's very expensive like this is i was debating getting the indoraptor set and i was debating on that based on the fact that like right now is that sweet spot with legos where the prices online are actually down before they sell out and then prices will skyrocket again Mm -hmm. so i was debating getting one and i was debating at that at like a hundred bucks you know what Uh, i'm saying so like this is two and a half times more than that. Like, I don't even know if that's really like debatable. Yeah. Um, Especially because this is one of their movie promo like sets or something. This is kind of outside the actual like line of like Jurassic world. 
And uh, I have some of the other ones. Like I have the Ghostbuster set, which was the car with like all the figures that came on a little pedestal. I have the DeLorean, which was, you know, Doc and Marty and the DeLorean. Like those were nowhere near the price of this thing. Um, this is astronomical, really cool. But wow, that is asking a lot of the fandom. It really is. I mean, I know that's what Legos go for or Lego goes for, um, but it's just it's very tough. Two forty nine. Um, I I struggle with the like personally in my mind, like I, I just can't justify even the the lower ones like 70, 80. Like that just is a struggle for me because it's it's really a one and done toy for me. Um, I you know, I don't take them apart and put them back together. I don't know if you nope. do that, but. They, no. they, they, that's it. They're put together, and unless they fall off a shelf, I'm not putting them back together. Like, that's it. So $249 for one and done, and you're talking just a few quick hours probably. Like, it is a big set, but it won't take you all that long. Um, no, and, you know, I think of that price, and I think, like, I'm assuming the Brachiosaur from Mattel is going to retail around $50, maybe yeah. 60 And I think, like, Oh my gosh, like I could actually get multiples of those, which that's to me, like that's not really, those aren't really one and done. I can do all kinds, I can take those on, I can do photos with those outside. I can do, I can yeah. put them on my, you know, I can take them to work. Um, I can't wait to get one on my desk at work um, because I'll have basically all the stuff except for the Hammond figure um, to do that like opening sequence from uh, Jurassic Park. Like I could actually have that on my desk because I have all the accessories to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this just seems like um, this seems like something for a person who has that huge Lego display like in their basement, like you see in the Lego movie or like you see online at like Lego cons and stuff like that. Like, I don't think this is really for me, which is sad because I like to collect anything and everything I can get. But, man, we're really getting up there with this one. Yeah, you could you could just get nice uh, five batch of of Brachiosaurus for this. So that's probably I'm sure what you'll be opting for instead. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And like I'm looking at this gate, and honestly, I don't think that this gate would be difficult to replicate. Like now that I see this, right? Like I look at the T Rex and I go, "No way could I sit there and try to figure out how to build this T Rex right yeah. off the image." But the gate, I mean, without all the little cubby holes on the back, like I could totally figure this out. That's not rocket science. <laughs> I hope you do. I really hope you do because it'll I'll save you a lot of money. My, yeah, I'll print off my own Jurassic Park sticker. I'm not sure. I'm being down on this, which I really shouldn't be because I'm not that down on it. It's just I don't think it's going to be for me, which I think disappoints me if yeah. that makes any sense. Oh, for sure. I get it. Like it's it's a, it's a struggle. But I, I like the set. I think it looks great. Um, I just wish it was, you know, something else, to be honest. Yeah. So I that's I think it. the minifigures are awesome. They look exactly like the counterparts from the video game that mm-hmm. they did. And I've seen other video game to toy iterations where they actually kind of change the figure and like improve upon them. But like these characters look spot on. So it's it's great in that sense. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's about it for Lego uh, Jurassic Park Gates. Let's move on to um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, she recently made a post on Instagram kind of promoting uh, Jurassic World Evolution and Claire's Sanctuary. So, um, you know, as you know, she did the voice um, in Claire's Sanctuary, this new DLC, and she made a post here. I'm, I'm just going to read from it. It says, for me, the only thing as fun as making Jurassic World movies is getting to participate in Jurassic Adventures across mediums, whether it's a roller coaster ride, a toy or a video game, each opportunity to step back into Claire's shoes 
or or each is an opportunity to step back into Claire's shoes. Um, I'm going to just stop right there um, because I think the interesting part of that is when she says whether it's a roller coaster ride. That's the interesting part. Right. Like, like, what is she talking about here? Because as far as we know, she's not participating in any roller coaster rides, right? Well, I mean, we know there's a roller coaster being built at Universal in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, she might just be speaking in general about, like, rides. Like, yeah. And talking about the water ride, which we know she's going to be in just based off of the poster work. And we assume that uh, Chris Pratt's going to be in that, too. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if she was I wouldn't be surprised if she was a part of that new coaster going in in Orlando and I wouldn't be surprised if she shot the roles within the same days of shooting for the water ride. So um or shot the scenes I should say. You know, yeah. these rides all have grand plans and it might have been it might have been less expensive just to hire her for one gig which contained two rides. Oh, for sure. I think that's certainly plausible. Um, you know, uh, Disney has had a habit of doing this recently, um, like Guardians of the Galaxy. When they were filming the second movie, Volume 2, uh, they actually, you know, brought the Imagineers in and they, you know, along with James Gunn, they filmed the sequences for Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which is the Tower of Terror redo out in uh, California Adventure. So right. they actually just did it right there on the set of uh, Guardians 2. What better than, you know, the set's already there. You're already in costume. It's it's ready to go. We don't have to do any extra prep work or anything. It saves a lot of money um, to, to have to send all these people out there, like however many of them are there are, five or six, right, um, yeah. to, to get them all set up and do this again. Like that's a lot of money. So in this case, maybe, maybe that's happening here. Maybe they did film two things at once. Um, I really don't know what's going to be happening in the coaster, and I wonder if Universal still has it all fleshed out or not. I'm not sure. But ultimately, I feel like it was probably just a little clunky wording, and maybe she's not a theme park person, to be honest. Maybe she just maybe she just says roller coaster as in ride, you know, like any ride. ride. So like you were saying, maybe she just said roller coaster, but really means the river adventure. Um, so that's a potential possibility, I think, the, a probable possibility. You know, I think that um, – I think it kind of – unfortunately plays that the fact that this movie franchise is not exactly skyrocketing, um, you know, either one of their careers. Um, you don't see Chris Pratt really getting involved with the video games. I wish he would. That's actually a pretty common practice to loop these actors into the video game adaptations of these movies. Um, so I think it's kind of weird that Chris Pratt is not involved. He'll obviously be, be involved when they need like an official face, like for like video for the ride and stuff. But I was really bummed in evolution when he didn't show up to do the voice. Like how long could that possibly have taken? And I think the money would have been well worth it. Um, yeah. You know, the extra money would have been well worth it to put him in that game. So I'm glad to see that she's embracing it. It's really fun when an actor gets um, like embraces the character that people love. Like that takes me back to like Christopher Reeve, like really loved Superman. And it really showed, I think in the movies, even though some of those movies weren't all that great, I think that he was like a great beacon for the character and for the fans you know, kind of to kind of all like, you know, look at and appreciate and everything. Um, And I just think there's other actors that just don't care very much. And I'm wondering if this says really 
anything about Chris Pratt and how much he cares about the role. I'm not trying to speak mean about it or anything. I don't really no, know. No. But um, I just wonder like how hard they're trying to get him um, to do these things when she just seems so eager to do the fun stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Bryce has been great as like uh, an ambassador for Jurassic 100%. Um, while she doesn't discuss it like nonstop or anything, she does participate and she does uh, discuss it every now and then. But yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of other cast members just kind of it just goes away. You know, like Pratt is definitely not talking about it um, unless it was like for the Lego movie where he had like his little Lego characters and he was, you know, had a raptor and all that stuff. But I feel like he's just radio silent the rest of the years, you know, in between the movies. Um, B.D. Wong sometimes brings it up. um, But really, I feel like that's it. There's not a lot of mention of it from the cast members. Um, So I would love to see him participate more um, because, yeah, you're right. That evolution stuff is it throws me off every time because you hear you hear Jeff Goldblum, you hear um, B.D. Wong and Bryce Dallas Howard. And like it just throws me off every time. You know, when I hear that, like, you know, southern sounding guy that just pretends to be him and it doesn't sound anything like him. Um, and it also reminds me of, like, um, the Toy Story gang um, because, I, I, you know, I pay attention a lot to the Disney parks and, and a lot of stuff that they've got going on. If you pay attention to, like, the audio from, you know, rides or shows or um, anything that is is non-film related, video games – Woody is not done by Tom Hanks. It's it's Tom Hanks's brother, strangely enough. Like sure, and yep. it sounds it sounds so odd. It like he's he's almost got the Tom Hanks voice, but it's just a little off, and it makes me like, oh, I'm like, come on, get it right. And then even Buzz is like some other guy that he actually sounds legit. Like you could actually confuse the two. Um, but so it's always funny that to know that these people are not doing the voices. But I think it's special to know that you know Bryce Dallas Howard is doing the voice. Um, for Claire pretty often. Yeah. There's a story I heard once about Robin Williams um, after doing the first Aladdin movie and he didn't sign up. He didn't sign up for whatever the next project was. I don't know if the yeah. next project was Aladdin two. It was return of Jafar. Was it return? Okay. So there is an Aladdin project that, that Robin Williams is not a part of. And the story goes, and I might be butchering it, but it's essentially like he didn't, he either didn't like the way that it came off or he didn't, or he felt like he had let down the fans by not returning. And so after that performance that wasn't him, he basically vowed to always come back as long as he could, um, you know, to do that role. And honestly, I feel like had he been alive now, he probably would have been in this new movie. It would have been a very different movie than what it is. But I feel like that they would have been like, just like they got James Earl Jones back for Mufasa. I feel like had yeah. Robin Williams been alive, the answer would have been like, well, who else could possibly play this character, right? Yeah, um, that's interesting to think about, man, because like, you know, with Aladdin, they really tried to get the ethnicities and uh, the look of the movie correct. Um, but yeah, you throw Robin Williams in there and it's like a completely different movie. Um, so I wonder how he would have played into that. But you're right, with James Earl Jones coming back for Lion King, would he have been a part of this? That, that Oh, man. It would have been so weird, and I'm not bashing the new Aladdin. No, movie. I, I loved really it. I liked it. It was really I, good. It was fun. Um, it was so. And Will Smith was a blast. Like to be honest, he was he was one of the things I was almost least looking forward to. But coming out of it, I'm like, I loved him in the movie. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely great. So there's a little tangent about. <laughs> um, yeah, we both left that theater and we were like, oh my gosh, we want to watch it again. This was me and my wife, 
And the next morning we woke Me up too. and was like, I, I had like, I had to start work later that day. And I was like, man, I wish I could just pop in Aladdin and like watch it. Like it was so incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the, you know, t- taking this back to like the Jurassic crew, there's not too many of them. And I just feel like, unfortunately, Chris Pratt right now is such a high budget actor um, that he's, he's probably not even offered some of these roles to be honest with you. Um, yeah, you know, maybe not just be like, we can't afford him. We know what his rate is and we're not even going to offer because it would be embarrassing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right there. Let's not even bring it up to him. Let's just forget. He he won't even know. <laughs> like he'll be like, yeah, exactly. wait, what? You guys did stuff without me. Yeah, oh no, exactly. Like, no, I don't think he cares. Um, but I, I just found it interesting that this quote is about, whether it's a roller coaster, a toy, or a video game, you know, she is invested, but like, what does she mean? I mean, we could maybe reach out and ask her, I guess, but like, I don't think she would reveal either way. But, um, no, it would because be very she's already kind of like, I mean, she's already kind of put her foot in her mouth about certain things. So it's like, she's just got to not talk anymore. <laughs> she's revealing just way too much. Like, she's that's the thing. Way too, but you know what? Yeah. She's giving the great reveals that, like, she's not saying really anything substantial. She's she's definitely dancing around all these different subjects. She says just enough to get the hype going mm-hmm. and then backs off of it really quick. She's actually she's really great to follow. Oh, yeah. I would love to see them involved in the ride um, in Orlando. I think that could be fun. The roller coaster, you know, as far as we know, it's going to be really exciting. So maybe there is some pre-show stuff. Maybe, um, I don't know, who knows. But, um, yeah, I think she's, you know, they're obviously all definitely involved in the um, the the ride out in Hollywood. Hollywood. So I'm excited about that to see what that is first off. I assume she's just talking about that. But it would be a nice surprise if they filmed both. That could, that could be really cool. So that was really it about that. Do you have any um, extra discussion on that yeah, one? Well, real quick about the roller coaster, just one last thing. Now, have you had the chance to watch the new Harry Potter roller coaster on YouTube or anything? I have, because yeah. yeah. You have? Okay, mm-hmm. so Hagrid's voice, I forget his name, who, who voices him. Robbie Coltrane. Um, Robbie Coltrane. He talks to you while you're on the roller coaster. Yep. So And it's him, you know, yeah. He's, yeah, and he's, was, um, that's not the first audio roller coaster either. Universal has now a huge linear a, a huge line of audio on roller coasters. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if the new coaster had some sort of audio element. That's a f- very fair point. Um yeah, that's really fair, especially because if this is which is so odd to talk about. Like if this is a Owen coaster and as far as we know, it's it's going to be like a um, a take on the scene from Jurassic World where, you know, you're chasing with the raptors through the jungle. Um, so if that's the case, if they release the raptors, you've got to be on a motorcycle, right? Would they Would really... Another motorcycle ride? <laughs> Would they really release two roller roller coaster ride or um, motorcycle rides right next to each other? I don't know, but it just no. seems like... Why wouldn't you? But but also, why would you? Like, I, I don't know, man. That seems off. I don't know. That seems wrong. <laughs> but like, what if they're theming that so highly, like with with the motorcycle? Why wouldn't you do this if that's what the story is? I mean, we're guessing, but um, I like to get heated on a story I have nothing, no idea about. <laughs> yeah, hundred exactly. percent. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I I really hope it's not a motorcycle thing. Like, do we know that for sure? I mean, that's the the ongoing conspiracy yeah is that that's what it's going to be it's like literally that you'll see the raptors in in their cage and then they'll get released and you'll take off because it's a a multi-launch coaster so you will launch um 
pretty much just like that scene in Jurassic World, just with the co- with the uh, motorcycle off um, off the starting line and just go through the jungle. And you you brought up a great point about the um, the onboard audio, like that could be something we would hear for sure. And in that case, you have to have the real Owen Chris Pratt do the voice. Um, Bryce's voice, I don't know if that that really wouldn't work if that's the storyline if that's the take you're going for um well, but i mean but, if she's on like comms with owen like if you're on oh, that's the bike, very true yeah that's, she's on that's comms, fair. right like telling you you know go left go right or whatever um very good yeah ps or something sure um i hope we get that moment I'm, from twister where that's like right left right <laughs> yeah maybe i think we could get something like that but yeah. you know like, that ride is so far off now oh yeah well it's really too early to speculate yeah i mean i think Oh man, I got too many podcasts. I don't know where I discussed it, but you know the the projected timeline is is April 2021 on that sure, ride. Yeah, that's so far out. that's very far out, and um, you know who's who knows what's going to happen um, as that that pops up that date here. So uh, Hagrid looks amazing. That roller coaster, it's it's incredibly themed. It has um, you know audio animatronics and it has the onboard audio. Uh, it has indoor outdoor scenes, so there's all kinds of crazy stuff. I would I would temper your expectations while watching Hagrid's, you know, POV, <laughs> the point of view for the ride, um sure. because it's not going to be the same for the Jurassic ride. It probably will not be as highly themed. Um but um it will still be a fun ride. Apparently as far as I could tell, they're they're spending six million dollars on rock work for the Jurassic um, roller coaster. So that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to spend on rock work. Could be 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 going in and out of rock, uh, you know, tunnels or cat caves or something like that, or just you know cliff sides. I don't really know, but um, maybe. But like, if you think of like the dueling dragon, well, it's not dueling dragons anymore. It's the it's nothing. Harry yeah, it's just, it's, or whatever. No, it, no, like, it, those are gone. It, it's literally just Hagrid. It's the same. Oh, they, yeah, they demolished. I did yeah. not know that. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's they crazy. literally used the same cue. They actually like just, you know, reused it, rethemed it a bit and added some new stuff. But yeah, it's literally in the same uh, footprint. Wow, that's crazy. Well, yeah. that's just a whole different conversation. We don't have to have that conversation right now. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm excited by the roller coaster chat. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it. We'll I think see. that's it. I mean, I'm excited. So who knows? I, you know, anything that Bryce Dallas Howard is willing to do extra on top of the movies is always appreciated. So, yeah. Oh, but um, before we move on here, um, I just got an update on Twitter um, from this uh, this user here at Vincent eight seven four one one eight eight six. Hey man, shorten it. Um, <laughs> sorry dude but um he's always doing some great um you know scoping out stuff at uh, universal studios um and he actually got um four shots here i don't know if there's anything else uh yeah there is some other stuff actually um so let me just get into it there's some some behind the scenes pictures here i don't know where this is located or what's going on but it looks like a giant screen, a monitor of some sort. Maybe this is in the queue. I, I have no idea. Um, but it looks like this giant screen says the M, which I'm assuming is Mosasaur based off the other pictures. Um, and there's also a picture uh, that pops up on the screen of, or maybe not a picture, but um, a video of Owen. 
And zooming in here, it looks like he is pretty much in his Jurassic World attire. Um, yep. Maybe the coloring is slightly different. I can't really tell, but um, very no, that similar. Looks like his original attire for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it does look like he's like mid speech. So he could be talking about the Mosasaurus. Uh, and then the next picture is the tail of the Mosasaurus. It does say something on the bottom of the screen, but I can't really make it out. Um, and then the next screen is another tail with some graphics on the screen. And it looks like it says 60 feet. I don't know what the size of this thing is, but um, there's also some more pictures here. This says general and oh, I don't know what that word is, um, but the screen actually has what looks to be um, kind of like the welcome shot of Isla Nublar where you're kind of like maybe like a helicopter ride into the island. So you know what I mean? Like Aaron, um, like, I'm not sure if you're looking like at this. When we did the live exhibition. Yes. Kind of yeah. Kind of like, well, no, no, no. I don't mean like it looks like these people are on a helicopter or anything. Um, it just kind of looks like that helicopter shot from all the movies where they show oh, the sure. island. Um, kind of looks like that. So maybe it's just like some promotional thing, like showcasing the different features of Isla Nublar. I don't know. Um, and oh yeah, then he, he actually copied in like pretty much the same image. Um, from the ending of Jurassic World. So it kind of looks like the same thing. Um, and another shot here of the Mosasaurus tail. And yes, it does say 60 feet. Um, so a lot of this just seems like infographic stuff. Like you're going to learn about the Mosasaurus before you go on the ride. And mm-hmm. so that leads me to believe that this ride is about experiencing the Mosasaurus. Maybe maybe we're on some new attraction where you can get in a boat and go in the Mosasaur Lagoon and maybe something goes <laughs> wrong during that. That That's weird. Uh, every description of this sounds so odd. You know, like anytime you try to justify how, why this ride exists through the Mosasaur tank, um, it just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that's definitely what it seems like. And that's really what we speculated is that, you know, Bryce and Owen and... Um, you know, BD Wong will be introducing these things. So it looks like in this case, maybe Owen is introducing the Mosasaurus. Um, I don't know how much sense that makes. They really should have gotten um, uh, Courtney James Clark out there. Come on. Like she is the Mosasaurus um, announcer and it would have been fantastic to have her introduce that. that. I'm sure she would have been like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm sure she's doing okay for herself out in LA. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I haven't seen her like on a ton of crazy starring roles or anything lately. Um, even though we all love her as the but continuity, here. you know, we need that continuity. Continuity is important. <laughs> um, but this totally looks like all we're seeing is the tail of the mosasaur, and it looks like. I mean, I'm sorry. I think the the image they use on all the on all the packaging and stuff. I think most of it, especially the original one, it looks terrible. And to me, this looks like the tail of that image. Um, it's the Mosasaur that's like, it's the one that like the toy was modeled after. Not, like the toy is not modeled after the um, Fallen Kingdom like renders. It's modeled after the original Jurassic World render, which I thought looked really bad. Like almost as bad as like <laughs> that T-Rex render that we all hate. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just super weird looking. So that's kind of what this tail looks like. It might be from. It's super clear. There's no atmosphere around it. So it's definitely 
something it, it's definitely like an infographic it's not the actual quote-unquote actual mosasaurus from the ride so actually as we're talking I, I mean we should just extend this whole thing because there's there's more updates coming in as we speak oh, um wow. here are images of mosey's head on the television screen um i'm zooming in here sorry this is all live reporting for you guys uh there's another no that's not a screen where where is this located it looks like it's near the express lane. Oh, okay. So maybe that's like near the queue. So yeah, it's just got to be like a little show building or something. But yeah, it does look very similar to a Mosasaurus head. Um, but yeah, it's like highly zoomed in. Weird. I'm not it looks like seeing, so. it looks. It's on. I don't know. I had to go to the actual profile of Vincent's and like look at the tweets and replies. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really look like much. It just kind of looks like um, an almost like an X-ray version of it. So maybe you are learning about the creature and like how much it can swallow or something like that. Um, I could definitely see that being the case. Um, but um, while we're discussing the theme parks, I might we might as well dovetail into. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the imagery has come out about the park since it's the walls have come down and it's it is open at, at this point. Like the land is open, you just okay. can't. Sure, you can't uh, go on the ride yet. But the the food was open. The you know you could go into Jurassic Cafe or Isla New Bar. Um, so people have been getting up close looks at all of this stuff. Um, and one of the things that's interesting, you were talking about the Mosasaurus render and looks like what they're using, um, is the fact that like inside of the buildings and on the banners, they're using very like film accurate or film, um, film renders like that they would use for marketing, which is not always like the, the best or, you know, they're not the, the, the greatest, um, representation or whatever, but I always find that interesting. If you're building an in-world park, why are you using these renders? Like, I, that boggles my mind a little bit. Well, let's see. I guess it just kind of depends. Like, yeah, renders is weird. Like, you don't you don't have like, there you don't have like a fully rendered image of of Velociraptor Blue, like the dinosaur from your park, on the wall. I don't know. Do you? Yeah, is that I what mean, happens? Yes, you kind of could. So, like, it's it's weird, right? So, like, in the original Jurassic Park movie, when you're in Alan Grant's trailer, it's awesome that you have dinosaur toys on the shelves of that time in our world, mm-hmm. right? You don't have Jurassic Park dinosaur figures on the shelves. You have, you have, like, Papo. I mean, I don't think Papo was a thing back then, but, like, you had maybe, like, Mattel or Kenner generic dinosaur toys, um, you know, that you would get from like today, like a Michael's or like a specialty toy shop. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in Jurassic world, when you get into the souvenir shop, there's actual Jurassic world merch and old Kenner toys on the shelves. Like it's all things that we experience in our world, like as being Jurassic licensed. Right. But yeah. when I go to the zoo, okay. They might have a painting of like, let's say a penguins. Right. Or they might have, yeah, like probably a painting of penguins or like video of penguins. And then if they're showing an actual animal that lives in my zoo, they're showing like like photographs 
So it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, why would they have a render of an animal <laughs> that they can't like try? No one's getting in that. No one's getting in the tank to take a photograph of the Mosasaurus. So like, why wouldn't they have made it look like a painting or something? And that's just, yeah, that's just, they're not paying. They're not thinking. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like such a nitpick thing. Like, it is like why do you have a full it's render a of these? Yeah. It just, it makes it weird. Um, I, I, I talked about the banners a little bit before, I think on YouTube on a live stream recently where like, I, I, I expected a lot of color injected into these banners because the land itself is kind of devoid of color um, outside of tans, browns, grays, and oh, blue. Not Jurassic World. There's no color, man. Well, blue. It, yeah, blue. but in Jurassic World, the movie, like Main Street is colored by banners and, and stuff like that, not the buildings themselves. So I expected that in the park here, but instead they opted for these odd, like, shadow renders uh of the animals and um just with some like graphical like lines and stuff on them and they're all straight blue banners um not blue the dinosaur but blue the color um and then inside of Jurassic Cafe there's actual like the full marketing material renders of these dinosaurs all around the walls which I don't agree with that. I feel like that is just that just looks like promotion and not in an in-world experience which they're selling an in-world experience everywhere else. Like, for instance, Isla Nubar has no dino-themed drinks, has no dino-themed cups. They're just just cups and tiki cups and drinks, which you I think said- is great. I'm personally for that because I want – that's what it, That's what they would sell, you know, in a real place. No, and- if you went – if the Jurassic World was real – there's no way you would have dinosaur cups. There is absolutely no way. I don't know. Just- I don't know. Margaritaville, I don't think they're caring about what dinosaurs are. You know, the guy just is car- – you know, Jimmy Buffett's running around with just a, a, a martini glass or something like that. <laughs> Margaritaville, sure, because that's a licensed, like, property, right? They're not going to yeah. bring in stuff. But And, like, the same thing with, like, Starbucks, right? And there's, like, that fan-made or even someone on production made, like, the Starbucks, but, like, the mm-hmm. logo with, like, the T-Rex skeleton, like – that stuff, okay, fine. I can agree. It's probably not there. But, like, come on, man. I go to, like, Cedar Point in the summer, and they've got drink cups based on whatever the new ride is. Like, there's no way yeah. there's not store cups in Jurassic World. Maybe not at a fancy restaurant, okay, which is why I, I disagree with everybody who thinks that Chilean sea bass is going to be fed in <laughs> world like yeah. an out bar. Like, that's not – no, I I brought that up as like a joke. I'm like, where is it? Like, obviously, it would never happen. It would never be sold to the public. But come on, like, definitely at a bar <laughs> in Jurassic World, there's definitely going to be dinosaur themed drinking drinkware for sure. I I guess maybe it's I don't know. I I um I'll say this in Jurassic I Park, I don't think there would have been. Well, look if you if you go to um. Jack Lindsay's in in uh, Disney Springs. Okay. The, the first the first week or so of their run, they had amazing cups that were collectible cups for sale, and then very shortly after, they disappeared, and you can't get them. They're just, like not available. Um, I don't know. There might be some there now, but um, I don't know. I'm wondering about this these cups at this location because there's a lot of very nice bamboo cups. Um, there's several tiki glasses, tiki, um, other kind of cups and stuff. So I wonder how long these will last. I think they would have been smart to do Jurassic. Here's the thing. I think in Jurassic park, if Jurassic park was real, you would not have this kitschy, 
um, specialized dinosaur cups and all that stuff. Maybe from like a like a stand or something, like a drink stand. But like at a restaurant, no, you would have you would have nice you would have nice stuff, nice flatware, nice cups, nice everything, right? But Jurassic World, Jurassic World embraces the kitsch, like it embraces the the amusement parkiness of what Jurassic was trying to achieve, right? Like. I don't necessarily believe that there would have been a carnival ride at Jurassic Park, but I believe there's carnival rides somewhere in Jurassic World because Jurassic World was about kind of cheapening that experience, right? Um, and making it more of the amusement park rather than like the nature preserve that John originally intended. So yeah. it's a Jurassic World ride and world. There should be kitschy stuff, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair. Um, I am just glad to see that it's not that way. Like it's at least not branded. Um, that is very, I'm very thankful for that. You know, I don't want to see the Jurassic World logo on everything. I'm, I'm glad like it doesn't have to be dinosaur oriented for my sake. Um, but yeah, that's everybody has a little bit different taste. But as far as I can tell, there's no more updates coming in. Um, it's been a few minutes now <laughs> for live <laughs> updates from the park. Um, it's what is it got to be? I don't know if this is happening right now or not, but this is late. I mean, it's late here. So it's a little bit earlier there. But um, let's move on here to our spotlight for uh, what, what month are we in? We're still in June, right? Yeah, for June. <laughs> so just recently, um, the Toronto Raptors won the Super Bowl or the World's what? What is it? The World Series? No, the uh, Sup- the Piston Cup or they're the they're the best at the basketball. The the trophy. You know, I don't yeah, know the- what the name. I used to love basketball. I mean, I still love basketball. I don't watch it anymore. Aside from maybe that, literally the only basketball I watched this year was that last game, and I was falling asleep. Um, hey man, you know what? Go sports. <laughs> I don't I don't really know or follow any sports, but I'm happy they won. Look, I mean, we wanted to, you know. Play play a little bit fun here and just uh, congratulate the Toronto Raptors because they do have a big history with Jurassic. You know, the the name of the team obviously is the Raptors. Um, apparently back in um, the early 90s, you know, they, they had a few names, you know, queued up uh, to potentially become either the Beavers, the Bobcats, the Dragons, the Grizzlies, the Hogs, the Raptors, the Scorpions, T-Rex. <laughs> that one doesn't really fit. T-Rex tarantulas terriers or the towers so there's some interesting names in there i don't really see how t-rex works it's like the t-rex i guess the toronto tyrannosaurs maybe maybe um yeah maybe they just shortened it toronto t-rexes like that's yeah it's too yeah it's too clunky but ultimately obviously the raptors won out um obviously um and uh, I think they debuted that in 1994, but I think the choice was really heavily influenced by Jurassic Park. I mean, it's commonly cool. known that the movie was so popular in 1993 that by the time the they chose the name of the team, it's like, well, let's go with something that's pretty huge right now. Why not the Raptors? Yeah, exactly. And so my touchstone with the Toronto Raptors as a kid was – um, like, again, I'm not a sports kid, like whatsoever. Um, I ran like tracking cross country in high school and literally because I couldn't get cut from those teams and I was really fit <laughs> while doing it. So like that was the bar, that was like the bar of success I decided to have in high school with sports was as long as I couldn't get cut from the team, like that was my sport. Right. Yeah. Um, but the Toronto with, so for me, like as a little kid, like the Toronto Raptors, do you remember starter jackets at all? Like, oh yeah, man! Popular in the nineties. I had my so, my Chicago Bulls starter jacket uh, yeah, a man. long time ago. 
So I had a Toronto Raptors starter jacket for the only reason of it had a dinosaur on it that was a <laughs> Velociraptor. Um, yeah. So I have that memory of having that like all through like uh, elementary and middle school. And then when I was kind of getting a little too old for Halloween, like you go through this weird stage of like, I'm too old for Halloween, but I still want to go out and get free candy with my friends you know, <laughs> kind of mode. Yeah. Um, that was my very first ever super lazy Halloween costume was I put on my Raptors jacket and then I put on my Jurassic Park Raptor mask and I literally went as a Toronto Raptor for I love Halloween. it dude dude I love that that's fantastic yeah so I I, I should find a photo <laughs> and, and get it submitted to the website please but, please yeah. so that's like that's my that's my Toronto Raptors history is basically just liking the dinosaur logo because I was a super cool kid and then um being a really lazy teenager at Halloween one year. Um, but uh, yeah, being in Toronto, um, I was actually taking a lot of Ubers that week that they were on and every night my Uber, they'd be playing the games. And uh, then the next, you know, the day of the parade this last Monday, um, you know, they, they caused me an extra 15 minutes to and from work. So much appreciated. Well, it could have been a little worse, you know, it could have been, oh, a, lot been a lot worse. worse. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> Not to uh, continue with the Jurassic puns, I guess, but um, yeah, I, I uh, I'm very much interested in this team. I think uh, it's a very fun team. Um, I I um, am always very confused when I go on Twitter and and I find that Jurassic Park is trending around this time of year because I'm like, well, wait, what's go- why is Jurassic Park trending? And then I realize everybody is talking about the the playoff games and and what's happening and their stadium their arena not stadium um their arena arena is called Jurassic Park I mean it has a more official name but this is like the nickname that everybody gives it obviously why would you not just call it Jurassic Park that's perfect um well but, I think like I think they call it like the park or like it's like welcome to the park and like geez I've lived here for five years and I really have no idea but like whenever I go I used to go to the mall downtown a lot um where they would do like special like Raptor events like. I don't know, like a VR experience or something like that, but it's always like, welcome to the park. And then there's the, we, the North um, shirts that everyone wears for, I don't know if it's just the Raptors. It might just be the Raptors because they're the only Canadian basketball team uh, professionally. So is Vancouver too, right? Are they still around? I don't know. I don't, the Grizzlies, maybe, Um, but they do have the shirts here that say like, we, the North, which is really cool. Um, I think you know, I don't. I I saw that the other day. I was watching the game, and I was like looking at their uniforms, and I'm like squinting. I'm like, oh, it just says Raptors on it, and then I'm like, wait, 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 no, it literally just says North on their jerseys. I was like, what team is this? <laughs> That's so weird. I and I'm like, like, yeah, like it's such a disappointment for me because, like, in the early '90s, I loved the Raptors jerseys, like you were saying with the with the jacket. Like, it was such an iconic jersey, kind of like how. The Mighty Ducks, when they were around for, you know, the movies were awesome. And then they actually introduced the team. It was like, wow, that's so cool that they actually have these things. And and then the Raptors came around and they, they had these really, really cool, like, purple jerseys with the Raptor on there in that pose. Um, and now they just have, like, red, white, and, like, oh, it's, it's just literally bummer. just what? says north. Now, like, Yeah, that's such a bummer. The, the original jersey of the Raptor, like dribbling the basketball, yeah. it's so 90s, but it's so cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this North thing is just a variant, I guess, of, you know, they have multiple jerseys. That's just one of them. Um, sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's great that they're embracing the whole Jurassic Park thing with the arena nickname. Um, and apparently they even call, like, you know, different city squares around 
Toronto, like I guess Jurassic Park. I don't know. I, I I'm just reading this stuff offline. But um, I, I live here and I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah, man, I have no idea, and uh, Kawhi doesn't know either. <laughs> this guy's laugh, dude. <laughs> what a laugh. <laughs> Um, the one cool thing I do see around the city a lot is this basketball logo with like the Raptor claws, um, scratched into yeah. it. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I guess something fun to follow. I kind of wish that the Raptor, the, the basketball dribbling Raptor wasn't like gone. It seems to just be gone. Like I Google yeah. Raptors and that thing does not show up. No. Um, so uh, that kind of reminds me of like for a short while, the Detroit Pistons used to have like a horse in their logo. And no one could understand why, like, but you have to do this like weird wordplay, like, well, the Pistons give you horsepower in your car, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like that was the yeah. whole thing with the horse, yeah. like no one got it. So that logo lasted like less than like five years, I think, with the Aqua and stuff. But um, yeah, good on them. Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors for winning their championship, their first one ever this entire you know time. I think they officially years, they said twenty five years. I think yeah, I think they officially debuted in. 95 um so yeah just a few years short of that but yeah um that's exciting i i had a good time watching it aside from the portion at the end where i was falling asleep but um congratulations that's uh i think that we you know deserve to spotlight the toronto raptors so yeah totally let's move on here to our i think our big discussion we're already 40 minutes in here and um we haven't even touched on john hammond so john hammond we've gone through a lot of stuff just recently here we're gonna start off tell me what's happening with john hammond i i've not heard anything about this no you haven't like you haven't heard a single you know outcry or not a single people okay (laughs) well let's uh, before we get into like the big outrage and everything like that let's start first with some storyboards. So um, I think uh, Jurassic Outpost actually, or they, I think they came from Jurassic Time. Um, he uh, has some some storyboards here. And interestingly enough, they showcase John Hammond um, getting killed. He's dead. He's going to die here by a raptor. So speaking of raptors, I don't know if this one's from Toronto or not, but I think it's from Nublar. Um, he basically attacks... John Hammond at this incubator and he crashes down onto a physical like set of Isla Nublar and the island and all that and falls down the uh the hatchery falls and collapses I think it maybe cracks some eggs or something like that yeah um and some roll away unharmed um it's an interesting looking piece of art and um I'm I'm super into this, especially because I think it uh, makes a lot of sense currently. Um, So like I said, it has that artwork on there with him crashing down. It says they crashed down on the model of Jurassic Park and it says pan left. So then the second piece of art also says there's like an arrow panning down and it says this knocks over a portable incubator with two eggs. One breaks as the other rolls a couple feet away unharmed. So yeah, that's interesting. You get a look at this thing, Aaron? Yeah, I got to look at it. Um, I had some friends write me about it and say, like, oh, my gosh, can you believe that this was one of the the potential endings? And, like, when I saw this, well, one, the artwork is spot on to other um, storyboards we've seen. So it's obviously from the same time and from the same uh, movie, right? This isn't, like, something that was created, like, last week and then Photoshopped to look. Oh, no. Derek from like, Jurassic like, Time, he, Derek, yeah. he, he has, like, a ton of... 
you know, things from like the Phil Tippett auction and stuff like that. So he he has all this good stuff. Right, right. So this doesn't surprise me at all um, that this was one of the conceptualized endings for the movie. Um, we know that John Hammond in the book dies um, because John Hammond is a very different character in the book than he is than what Richard Attenborough brought to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that and especially we know that like Michael Crichton was involved in the early scripting process for it. So when you're writing these movies from a book, you're trying to take your 400 page novel and you're trying to cram it into two hours. Right. And so this is very reminiscent to me of this is like Crichton saying, well, I can't do Wu's death because he's not an important enough character maybe at this time. And I want to do Hammond's death, but I, we don't, we're not doing compies. We really mm-hmm. want to focus on the Raptors in this movie. So let's take the, the best of both those things and let's have the Raptors kill John, you know, inside yeah. the, the thing. So like, to me, this is not at all surprising that this was something conceptualized. I think probably later on when they were casting and maybe after rewrite after rewrite and after someone suggested that maybe John Hammond be more of a, a Walt Disney character, you know, you can't have the Walt Disney character oh, brutally God. murdered no. by a Velociraptor, right? No. So this doesn't surprise me that, that this existed. And when my friends asked me about it, um, I was like, no, this isn't surprising. Like in here, let me tell you my 30 minute long nerdy spiel about why this is not uh, surprising to me. What I do find cool is the actual 3D rendition or the, the model of the park um, that we eventually oh, yeah. saw in Fallen Kingdom. I think this is actually a really awesome thing. And it almost, you know, gives a little bit of like backstory. Like is Lockwood's model, the model that was like, is that like originally from the days when him and John were planning the park or is it something he built later? This maybe gives a little credence to the fact that this was something that actually existed in the early nineties. I love that. You know, I I love the fact that this, you know, model could have been something that's been around this entire time. Um, I would assume so. I mean, I feel like it's a model that they, you know, before the the island was, you know, conceptualized, they're like, well, this is what we want to do. We kind of want it to look like this because, you know, the model doesn't exactly reflect what it was on the island. So there's some play around there. And I think like, it's interesting to think that this could have been around the whole time and John Hammond almost died on top of it, which is, is crazy. Um, so that's, that's really cool. I love seeing that involved in this shot. Um, and also the incubator, which is fantastic. I mean, John Hammond has a history with the incubator, you know, from the movie, uh, but also in the new toy that's coming out. He literally comes with, it looks almost identical to this little incubator. So that yeah. is, that's pretty a nice little tie in with, with currently, you know, you have the, the model and then you have the incubator. I think it's uh, really cool. Now I want to just, before we go to the toy, I want to talk about this incubator and like, it's interesting that there is this incubator because in the book, Grant is trying to kill Raptors by injecting some sort of poison into eggs, right? Because his mm-hmm. theory is that, um, that they will eat eggs because they're kind of scavengers. They'll eat whatever they can get. And other dinosaurs and dinosaurs didn't eat other dinosaurs eggs. Right. So he's injecting poison into the eggs and he's like rolling them towards the Raptors. Right. And I think at one point, even one does break, right. Cause it's trying to build tension. So one breaks in the book and then he's only got like one left. Right. And he's just like, I just need the Raptor to pick up this one and like chomp down on it mm-hmm. and it will be gold. Right. I'm wondering if, Maybe John at one point was trying to just, and this is why he has this portable incubator here in this scene. Maybe in this version of the script, he was the one trying to kind of destroy his creation, um, you know, 
again, that God complex, like I brought you into this world, I'll take you out kind of thing. Maybe in this iteration of the movie, he was injecting the poison into these eggs and the raptor catches him off guard and he drops it and like breaking one of them. Maybe that was supposed to be like a a suspenseful moment in this version. And then one was going to roll away and this raptor that attacked him then maybe goes to chase down this egg with poison or something like that. I I love that. Explain that. But I think that would have been a really, I really wish that was in one of these movies um, injecting the poison into the egg. I hope that's something that we get um, in the future. I thought that was a really cool aspect of the novel. Uh, but yeah, like I, to me, this screams of all these different things from the novel that unfortunately got cut. Yeah, I, uh, I love that idea. That sounds phenomenal. I could just see him kind of like Eddie Carr, like fumbling around trying to get, you know, something to work before the dinosaur ultimately gets him. Like that could be really cool, like a cool visual. And then you see one of them gets away. Um, that's especially awesome. by the end of the movie when John Hammond realizes that this is all a disaster. Like John Hammond realizes that this is a disaster what would you say like by the time that because he still is at dinner with the ice cream he's still convinced that he can make it work Mm -hmm. so when's the moment that he feels like it's just going completely wrong is it when the raptors are chasing his grandkids is that like the pivotal moment for john hammond i think so i think it's literally the moment on the phone when he hears the shotgun going off right it has to be i think it's that moment i know you know he is certainly like upped his game a little bit with like trying to take charge with the power and all that stuff. And, but like, I feel like that's the moment where he's like, Oh no, (laughs) like this is really bad. I mean, he built, he builds the park, right? Because he loves dinosaurs and he loves children. And I think that that moment when he realizes this creation I've made is actually going to destroy my own flesh and blood, right? That's when he loses it. And I think that's when a, a switch flips and, you know, Alan runs out and he's like, I've decided not to endorse your park. And he's like, yeah, no, me too. So have I. Like, yeah. we're out of here. Yeah. So, have I. so, you know, I think this could have been a moment after John decides, like, no, my creations need to be destroyed and I'm going to poison these eggs. That would have been really cool. We don't see a yeah. syringe or anything in this image. But no, I've been scouring been really for cool. it. <laughs> Since yeah. you said it, I've been like, I'm, I'm like, there's, oh, there's a little thing right there. Oh, no, no, that's just Wait, a wire. Oh, what's maybe. he jabbing into the nose of the raptor? See, that's what I was looking at. But I think it's just. Um, Is it just a pen uh, scratch? No, I think it's just that there's like a wire that kind of hangs down behind or over top of his head. Oh, yeah. So I think it's true. just okay. a continuation of that wire. But I'm like. I thought many times, I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> that would have been really cool. <laughs> Discovering things on the fly here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting to bring up that this could have happened. And, uh, you know, it's beautiful looking storyboard here. So um, it was certainly worth notating. So you can uh, find that on Jurassic Outpost. Um, I'm sure we'll maybe, you know, have a copy of it in our show notes. But um, continuing with John Hammond, I think this is like, this is the big thing. This one might take a little bit longer. Um, let, me, let me pull out my notes. All right? do, I want to be as objective it's... as possible. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give a brief um, overview here of what's going on. So um, and also, if you if you want to get more, I actually did a live stream on YouTube of this. So go check that out. Um, but um, John Hammond was officially announced as um a new toy from Mattel. So it's the Jurassic World Legacy Collection John Hammond. Um, We pretty much know the Legacy Collection is basically all but dead right now. Um, This thing is, is, uh, you know, marked at $15. Um, And there's a lot of fine print here. Um, So like I said, it is the John Hammond figure. 
dressed in white. He's got glasses, a hat, the beard and all. He's got the cane. Uh, it actually looks like it has a nice amber tip on there. And it does, again, come with this incubator uh, with two raptors uh, or two two eggs, one which is opened and uh, a raptor is actually like squealing out of it. The other one looks a little cracked, like it's maybe about to open. Um, and it's on a pedestal. And I believe that um, I think it takes three triple or three double A batteries. So somehow three double A batteries fit in this thing. I don't really understand how because that pedestal doesn't really look tall enough for it. But um, I don't know what the the action is either. I really don't know what the the maybe it's got to be some sort of sound or something like that. Maybe I hope they would like literally take the sound of the baby from uh, Jurassic Park. That would be phenomenal. Um, but the catch here is that. This is a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. So this is something that you could have pre-ordered. You could potentially get up to five. And in order to actually get this item, you had to attend San Diego San Diego Comic-Con, check in at their booth, show your ID and your order confirmation, and they would essentially like confirm it and then send you the items later on after the event. Um, now... Uh, let's see. This is um, July 17th, uh, I believe, 18th through the 20th as well, uh, or the 21st. So there's a lot of days. Um, but they're, they're, apparently they're also going to be available on the show floor. So if you want to buy them in person, you can do so. I don't really know what the limit is or you know how long they're actually going to last, what their stock is. But apparently they will be on the show floor. So really – um, this is where the issue lies is the fact that Mattel um, introduces a, uh, a John Hammond figure, something we've been waiting 26 years for. And the first iteration of this toy is a extremely hard to get exclusive. Um, that is where everybody is a little bit disappointed. So Aaron, you want to, you want to come in here? This sucks. Um, <laughs> like, so here's the thing. When I was preparing what I wanted to say, like I'm trying to keep like my personal feelings out of it, right? And I'm trying to like wrap my head around how a company that was welcomed into the community with the openest of the most open of arms, right, by a community and by a community that loves just about everything they put out, this is not consumer friendly whatsoever. This has me like I'm 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 pretty livid that this is how this is being um, approached, right? I, yeah. this, this doesn't benefit customers. This doesn't, be, which, I mean, by the way, I, I mean, I've gotten a few free things from Mattel, right? That we have promoted on the, on the website and on the YouTube channel and everything. But like, I've also put in like hundreds of dollars into this collection. I'm not buying one Gallimimus. I'm buying like 20 Gallimimus, right? Like I don't have one T-Rex. I have like three T-Rexes. So, like I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a casual Mattel fan. I'm, I would definitely think that I'm one of the hardcore fans out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we did the thank you Mattel or good luck Mattel or something like that video back in the day. Both, I um, think. Yeah, both actually. Congrats and thank you and all kinds of stuff. Um, this is not a consumer friendly move whatsoever, um, and I don't understand how this benefits Mattel in the least. If anything, this has this has created like a bitter taste in fans like mouth and like, they're not making crazy profit off this thing. It's like a $15 toy. So 
they're scalpers on eBay, of course, right? Selling their pre-orders. They're not even selling actual items. They don't have items in hand. And people are like, I saw them go for 150 the other day um, on eBay. That's absolutely crazy. Um, I just don't understand the mentality behind this, um, especially for a definitive iteration of the character. Um, John Hammond in his white linen suit, um, you know, from the opening of the original movie, right? Like, and then with a label that technically doesn't really exist anymore, um, or kind of doesn't exist. I'm, I'm really gray on where that label falls, the legacy collection. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is like, you don't do, you don't do generation one, John Hammond at Comic-Con. You do lost world Ian Malcolm, or you do pajamas wearing, uh, john hammond or you do <laughs> yeah like blood well even that one would have been people would have freaked out about that people too would have freaked out yeah but like what i'm saying is you do variants at comic-con you like you don't do definitive versions of characters and make it a comic-con exclusive like that's so weird to me yeah so um just as a little like um heads up i guess as far as comic-con exclusives i am scrolling through 2018 exclusives. There's a, a whole lot of X-Men stuff, statues, uh, Superman minifigs. Uh, what do you have here? Some uh, Here's a Superman like statue, like a really good statue, Batman statue. They're Mattel um, things? No, no. These are these, in general, just like things that you can find as an exclusive. Funko Pops. Um, like here's one that is Thor from Ragnarok, I guess. And um, – yeah, but you like can a still storm. get a Thor Ragnarok. Of course. Funko. Maybe not that exact one, right? But that's yeah. what I'm saying. These are yeah. variants. They're variants. variants. Yeah, a, so I'm just going Superman through like... Superman action figure. Like, you can go to the store and get a <laughs> Superman action figure of any size. Exactly. Right? Any actor. Like, this is the one and only officially licensed John Hammond action figure. Like, it's crazy how much people have wanted this. People have been asking for it. And for it to, I think, be revealed this way is it's just kind of mean. Like... Yeah. Again, I'm trying to put my personal feelings aside on this one, but I think this is a really mean thing to do to a community during, especially during Jurassic June. Like, yeah, this was kind of this was kind of mean spirited, I think. So this year, it looks like they also have um, Captain Marvel Lego piece. It's very small. Um, there's like a Ninja Turtles NECA set, I think. Yeah, with sure. with Splinter yep. and uh, Two Foot Clan and uh, Shredder. It looks incredible. Like I have no idea if these have been produced in any sort before. You have the clown from It in black and white. Um, some sort of <laughs> Batman looking Ninja Turtle. Some Ghostbuster sets. Like these are things that we, like you were saying, we've seen these. Like the Flash. Here's a you know from like the comics, like a statue of the Flash. Um, uh, Wicket riding a, a speeder. Is that Wicket? I don't know. But, um, so yeah, it's pretty much stuff that we could potentially already own in a different variant or whatnot. So I don't know. I, it's, it's, it is definitely, um, I, I don't know if I would say mean, but, um, it's definitely misguided, it's, I think, it's you know, misguided and it's almost, um, devoid of, it's like it just it just shows a complete mis like a complete devoid of contact with the fan base like it's it's so incredibly weird um and it's tough because you know in the morning it was everyone is rushing trying to figure out how they can get one um and i like look at i can get free tickets to comic-con 
every year because I'm, I'm an, uh, a film industry uh, person. So as long as I'm on my game, I can sign up and get tickets to any Comic-Con I want for free as an industry um, like insider, right? But San Diego is not, like not in my backyard. So I'm not signing up for the free ticket to San Diego, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it's so weird that it's, it's exclusive. It's in California only. It's at this one event that doesn't really celebrate Jurassic to begin with. Um, it kind of never really has until I guess not even Jurassic world, like Jurassic world was doing their celebration outside of comic-con the, the first movie. Yeah, um, I feel like New York comic-con more so celebrated um, Jurassic world. I forget about fallen kingdom. I really don't know what they, any of them covered for that, but um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it definitely universal in general really doesn't attend a lot of these things, you know, it's just no. uh, th- with any of their movies. No. And it's just, and it kind of sucked because as the, as everyone kind of figured out that they weren't going to be able to get one, you started having like corporate apologists who were like, Hey, well, Mattel's like really treated us great. You know, in the past, it's like, Oh no, 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 no. Don't make no mistake. Mattel is happy to take your money for pieces of plastic. So like, we shouldn't exactly act like Mattel has done us a favor, like us as the fans. Cause like, I saw like a lot of things like, you know, Mattel has treated us really good. We shouldn't feel entitled. We shouldn't say that we deserve it. And I'm like, well, yeah, actually we kind of should as fans who have put in a lot of money for Mattel to, um, you know, keep going with this. There's actually is, I think a real deserved sense of entitlement when it's like you create a super sought after character and don't make it available to the masses who quite frankly put you where you are with this franchise. Like yeah. it's, it's just super devoid of thought, which I think is really, really weird. Yeah. It's um, not, it's not necessarily about the exclusive aspect. Um, it's about the fact that this is a figure that we've really waited 26 years for. I know a lot of people have tried to explain, well, exclusives have, have happened for years and years and years. You always have exclusives at comic cons and other events. You do, but you it's have very fair, exclusives. but, but also, like I said, it's a, it's a 26 year wait that we've been all waiting for. And the, the only version we have is a Funko Pop, which just came out, you know, in the past year. Um, so this is something of a different beast, like something we've all been waiting for. So it is kind of like it's really upsetting to have it be first revealed at at a exclusive event where you have to pay a lot of money to get there, to sleep there, to, um, you know, get into the event, to get these toys, to do all that. Um, it's not cheap, um, but I I am sort of on the boat that you were saying about um, apologists and stuff like that. I don't I don't think Mattel really owes us anything, but I do think they should have made a better call when it comes to releasing this thing first and at a Comic Con. Um, I think <laughs> I'm saying exactly what you're you were you were criticizing, but I think Mattel has done right by us for the most part um, here in the states. Um, uh, for the most part, outside of the states is a different story. Um, I can't really speak to it all that much, aside from I know the distribution is very poor. Um, but they've really done pretty good for us. And as far as exclusives go, usually at a comic con or something like that, there is always, like you were saying, there is a variant or there is another version of it. So, and I didn't even mention this before. It, it comes in a nice like. I guess a collector's box of sorts where it actually has like the old um, Jurassic style of box where it has like um, 
the fading sunset. It has uh, the Jurassic Park gates, and actually the doors on the gates open up to reveal the figure inside. Um, and then in addition to that, it also has the regular Jurassic World Legacy Collection box um, with, like, the Jurassic World gates. So I would assume maybe eventually, um, if I'm just guessing here, that they will release this in the future without those things. So without the exclusive box, maybe? Uh, maybe well, for sure. We'll- you know, maybe yeah. we'll get the maybe we'll, maybe the figure will still be intact with the um, uh, the, the uh, hatchery thing or the incubator, but maybe just the box will be left off, or there's a, the chance that the box and the hatchery thing will be left off. I don't know, um, but I would I would make a very hard bet that this is going to be available in the future. Um, I, I don't think they would just leave it on the table, you know. Yeah, and I sh- I shouldn't say that they owe us this. It's just it's a matter of like you made it. Now I feel like once you've made it, I think now there's an onus on the company to like release that character um in some sort of mass produced way, right? Like yeah. I agree. I think I don't really need the box cuz like I I was just I was on the fence yesterday. Yeah, I guess for, this happened yesterday in real time for us. I was literally like I'm going to buy one of these things on eBay. And the prices were at a point because I'm not keeping this thing in the box. Like I'm tearing this thing open. And so it got yeah. to the point where I was like, no, I can't justify this money for a, a thing. Like I'm destroying what I'm paying for, which is the box. Right. And I mean, I guess the figure, but like if the figure gets mass produced, then really the only exclusive thing is the packaging, which is beautiful. And maybe the hatchery. You have to assume that if John Hammond comes out, he's definitely coming with the cane. That's yeah. like part of him. Um, I just thought this was super weird and you know, I should definitely clarify Mattel has treated Mattel has treated us fantastically. Everybody that we've dealt with over there, um, whether it's, you know, Mattel HR or their marketing or, you know, Brit directly uh, in the past, they're all fantastic. Um, They've treated us really well. They've been nothing but nice to us. Um, I just felt like this was just a total misfire and hopefully this is a marketing ploy. Hopefully this is like the Hammond gets released um you know at comic-con and then that leads into some kind of like marketing thing for a new line that features hammond um and then the kid from fallen kingdom whose name i never remember um Maisie? no not Maisie. The, there's, the, there's another kid the computer guy yeah well, he's, oh he franklin <laughs> yeah franklin um it, it's tr- it it is it's stressful because we're seeing no new humans created and then the one that they do release Finally, after um, it's been a year since a new human's been released, yeah, and it's this yeah. it's this character we all love and all want, and now it's like exclusive to a convention center. It's yeah. really stressful. It, it is, and to be honest, like like I'm saying, they kind of mishandled this whole announcement. It really should have been, hey, we're releasing John Hammond. It will be in stores, whatever day, July 17th or whenever the first right, day is. Exactly, but yeah. We also, if you guys go out to San Diego Comic-Con, you can get this exclusive Jurassic Park box. Everybody would have still lined up. They would have been there. Exactly. It would have sold out. You so You can get John Hammond with the exclusive Jurassic Park box and special commemorative accessory, the hatchery that takes AAA battery. Like, people yeah. still would have lined up. People would still be selling them on eBay for $150. Like, the toy yeah. would not have been any less sought after. No, yeah, so that's where the mistake lies. They they could have gotten rid of all this backlash and, and hate. And I, I think we do need to address that as well because 
Um, I have seen some really, really brutal takes out there, and I get it. Like, I, I was angry. You know, I, I am upset that this is the way that this was handled, but you, you really can't, you can't attack. You, please don't attack. Like, I know you're upset, and I know you're, you're hating this decision, but like I said, Mattel has done pretty great by everybody with these toys. They're they're very fantastic toys overall. Uh, obviously, there's some missteps along the way, but I think they've done a great job. So please don't attack. At least handle this in a very you know adult manner and just like you know take it easy. Um, there there are people behind these handles um, that you see online. So just remember that and just. You know, if you if you need to issue an apology to somebody out there at Mattel, just just do so right now. Just get it done. Say, I'm sorry I reacted so harshly. I'm very upset at this, um, but I shouldn't have said those things. But because some of these people have been very very vocal with their hate, and I just I I really dislike seeing that. Um, that's not really the way it should be handled. If you have something to say, bring it up with their PR team or you know some sort of outreach um, where you can actually say these things and and say, look, I'm disappointed in the way this was handled. I really want to get my hands on it. Is there any way that this is going to be available in the future? Say something like that. Um, right. That's that's right. the way I, I view this. It should be handled with a little bit of respect, even if you don't find this decision respectful. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason to like go out with vitriol and and spread hate. Like that doesn't get anything accomplished. Again, the best thing you can do is contact Mattel via like any of their commun- their communication devices, um, and just say you know, it's it's so easy to say. I love your product. I'm so disappointed that this is an exclusive that I can't participate in. Like I had a very real conversation with you the day of or the day after actually. And I was like, this kind of makes me not want to collect anymore. Like the Mattel stuff, like, and and it's only because like now it's like, I know that there's this elusive thing out there that doesn't really, I don't try to collect to fill the collection anyway. I collect because I want certain things for my quote unquote, like park on my desk. And to know that John Hammond is out there and that I can't get one, like it to me, that kind of ruins the fun of all of it. And I know that's really petty and I know that's really silly because I'm 35. Like, <laughs> but it kind of just makes me want to be like, oh, I can't, I can't realize, I can't realize my vision for what is actually possible. I'm like, might just kind of be done i don't know i say that but like well, i'm not because i'm super excited about the brachiosaurus but again i think the brachiosaurus is going to be a disaster well that's the thing i think um a lot of people i've heard from are in that same boat dude like you are not alone in, in saying i think i'm done uh that's not me personally but i i uh, have several i had several people reach out to me and say those exact words that i think i might just sell it and i think i might just be done I think this is it. This is the last straw. And especially with people in the UK where they can't even get any products, you know, like they're really having a hard time. And the UK gets more than other parts of the the world. So the the distribution is is tough. And of course, the way they handled the Spinosaurus was infamous and certainly mishandled. Um, But look, we do we are getting another Spinosaurus. So maybe we'll get a blue variant of John Hammond in like some blue suit. (laughs) Battle damage blue. I mean, battle damage Hammond. (laughs) Uh, A a target colored Hammond, red and white, linen suit. No, I don't think that'll ever happen. If anything, we'll get that pajama guy, but I don't don't think that will ever happen. But 
Stop with But that. look, in, in in a few months' time or a year's time, we could be saying that this is just like Owen. Like, oh, God, enough with the Owens. You know, like there's an Owen. There's like six Owens deep on one peg. Like what's going on here? Like See, it could be just like this. We just have to temper our reaction just a tad. That's my big fear is, though. Everyone pitched a fit when the Malcolm started hitting the shelves. Yeah. And now it's like Target can't get rid of Ian Malcolm figures. And we've, so We've counted like 60 or so, like – in yeah. on a shelf at one point in clearance you know somebody had to sit there and slap all the clearance stick- stickers on there and they can't get rid of them so, so you know what yeah. makes me really like upset is the fact that someone at mattel might have just been like you know what screw it if the fans want these human figures they'll go they'll do whatever they can do to get it and we don't have to deal with the distribution to like mass market and so i'm really worried that humans become the new exclusive to jurassic and all we get our dinosaurs at at the stores like yeah that is like a big fear for me and like i said to me jurassic i've said it a million times on here jurassic is about not just dinosaurs it's about the cars and the humans that go along with them and yeah. if you can't co- if you can't have humans it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel worth it man like i hate to yeah. say it i just it just makes me want to quit i get I, I totally my get wife that loves, like don't get me wrong but you know, it, it, it's a fun hobby for me and something like this ruins the fun, unfortunately. Yeah, I totally get that. It's the principle of the whole thing. Like, especially coming from John Hammond, you know, these things are not meant to cater only to the super rich. You know, this is not meant to cater. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone in the world should have the opportunity to buy this. And look, maybe we're speaking too soon. I, I, I would really bet that this is going to be released um, in full in stores. But like I said, we and you said as well, we don't really know what the the future is for the Legacy Collection. I went to Target the other day and I saw the Legacy Chompin' – you know, I'm so confused with all these things. The Chompin' whatever. Um, T-Rex? It, yeah, the T-Rex. Yeah, sorry, That's I didn't T-Rex say which dinosaur. Line, the like the, 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 smaller the, T-Rex, the smaller T-Rex. Yeah, yeah, it's a shelf warmer. But – Dude, there had to be 30 plus, and I'm not joking. There was 30 plus of these things in a clearance section, but marked as full price. So I don't know what was going on there. And they that aside from that, um, they also do have the um, the green T-Rex still with the with the baby. That is still a legacy item. But those are the only two things that I saw in Target, and I've I've really seen. You know, once the clearance stuff happened, uh, there really hasn't been much in the way of legacy stuff. So who knows where this will even end up? And it's the same thing with like, here. here's why you see all those legacy T-Rexes sitting in a bin but not actually marked down. It's because if they destroy them, I don't know what happens to overstock, but basically if they clearance out these T-Rexes, the only thing they're going to get in return for inventory is a repackaged Chompin' T-Rex in the Dino Rivals thing. Like, here in Toronto, we have Indoraptors in the new packaging, and we have um, the Colossal T-Rex in the in the packaging, right? And they're sitting right next to their original counterparts. So the reason these things aren't actually going on sale is because there's not actually a new product to replace them. It's the same product in a different box. And that's just like, yeah. why, why would Target or Walmart or whoever these things are if they didn't sell originally, which obviously there was higher expectations for how these these legacy figures were going to sell, right? And these humans, there was higher projections and they didn't hit the mark. So this is why I think Franklin hasn't come out 
This is what scares me about Hammond being mass released with the way that like Malcolm, you can go get for like a dollar, um, you know, on clearance. Um, even on Amazon, where usually the legacy stuff is marked up on Amazon, they were selling for like five or six dollars. Malcolm, Grant, Muldoon, like all of them. Um, and I picked a couple up for my nephew. Like the it's I just don't see them releasing Hammond in the stores, and I really hope I'm wrong. I, I I hope so. I mean, maybe they'll find a spot. Maybe we'll see the return of the legacy stuff. I mean, uh, at least in a small part, because we do know the Brachiosaurus is coming very soon. Um, you know, it's already starting to be sent out to people, um, and it does have the legacy tag on there. So um, there needs to be a spot for that. But we there, like I said, there's a little bit of bad faith with with Mattel for some of these items and whether it's distribution over overseas or the Spinosaurus or the Plesiosaurus or um, now Hammond and potentially the Brachiosaurus. We don't really know yet, but um, there is a slight bit of bad faith. So I think Mattel needs to dig themselves out of a little bit of a hole here. Um, and they can't just do it by, um, by you know, I don't know. I don't really know well, how they you, can do right it. Now you can't come out and say, well, yeah, Hammond will be released a week later in stores for, you know, seven ninety nine, right? Because you will burn the exclusivity that like the hype around this figure. And then you will really tick off the people who went out and spent a hundred bucks on eBay for a pre-order. Um, yeah. yeah. And to do that now, if they had done it like, originally, now, yeah. like it would have been fine, but to do it now is, is a kick in the face, you know, to all of these people who, who just threw away all that money for sure. Right. Um, it's a really big disaster. Someone mentioned like, oh, maybe they'll pack him in with the Brachiosaur, but we've seen the Brachiosaur box. Oh, he's definitely not in there. The yeah, he's definitely not in there. It would have said on the box, including John Hammond or something. Um, I mean, look, even Kelly from The Lost World, she was an exclusive figure to a $50 playset. Like if you wanted Kelly, you had to go get the, the command trailer. So like, I don't know, man, this is just so backwards and not it it's not consumer friendly it doesn't benefit mattel i don't get it it makes no sense to me yeah i'm totally cool with exclusives you know if you want to do them in the future just make them variants just do something that we already have like do another indominus you know or something something big something worthwhile um but uh, a first run of a character that we've been waiting you know this long for is a little rough so let me ask you this how cool would it have been for the variant uh, for them to do a Comic-Con exclusive variant Indominus Rex that had like a gr- uh, a speckled green like camouflage. Oh, amazing. That would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, I was going to say, what do you what do you think about this? Um, if they, you know, release Tamin normally, but the exclusive for Comic-Con was, let's say, Dr. Wu or some other character, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Nedry or something like that. No, I'm sorry. If you're going to make these, if you're going to do a first run of a character, that character should be allowed to be in the main stores. Now, I will say this I don't deem Wu or Nedry as important as mm-hmm. Hammond, but I would still be bummed. About, I would, I think I would still have this same attitude. But I will say, I, I do think I am for sure heated because of who it is. Um, yes, that's, that's what I was trying to get the point across here. I mean, like John Hammond. We are all so excited by John Hammond, and he is literally the creator of Jurassic Park, and he deserved, you know, to be purchased by everybody. So, if you were to throw some other character out there, yes, we would be a little bummed. Um, but, uh, but like, 
I could sacrifice like not ever getting Dr. Wu or Dennis Nedry or something like that. I would I would be upset and, and you know, certainly not like that call. But I think John Hammond is a much bigger deal. He is he could be more coveted than any of the other I think he is. I think he has to be nearly one of the most coveted so, items, you know? So for me it is the th- okay. So all right, I see your point, right? Woo, I maybe wouldn't be so I would be upset that I wouldn't have the whole collection, mm-hmm. but I feel like you can tell in play, right? You can tell stories without Woo. I feel like Hammond is super integral in that. I feel like the next one that would send people absolutely ballistic would be Lex. If they released a Lex figure like yeah. this, it's it that would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. Because we know we've we know that she cried when she found out she wasn't getting her own action figure as a child. Like that even that character has such a storied past with why there wasn't an actual figure, right? And it boils down to child it boils down to like basically toy and childhood like sexism, right? Like yeah. boys don't want to play with girl action figures. And to me, even as a kid who I was seven when this stuff happened, it was ridiculous to me that Lex didn't have an action figure. It didn't make any sense that, that Hammond didn't have an action figure. But the mentality was probably like, well, who wants to play with an old man? Well, everyone <laughs> yeah. loves Jurassic Park, right? Well, that is the mentality now. Like, that's what people are afraid of. Does Target care to have John Hammond on their shelf? Right. Who wants an old man on the shelf? Yeah. Like, and I think that's the huge problem. So for me, it would be like Hammond, Lex, and Lex and Tim, I think, would actually be a great package together. Um, oh, that like, would be amazing. Yeah. Like, if you got a Lex and Tim set, and then I think, I think the actual perfect Comic Con exclusive. And let's say this character was never released on shelves. The perfect one would be Gennaro with the bathroom. No, dude, no. That's my that's my near number one coveted item. <laughs> you can't do I, that to me. Dude, I, here's the thing. <laughs> I would absolutely love that figure, but that is something that like that to me screams Comic-Con. Oh, no. I see. Yeah, I guess like more so than this, but I feel like that would even go for way more money. You know, oh, dude, especially because like, it's a playset. Five hundred dollars. Yeah, it's item. a playset. It's it's something big that needs to be released. Please, I I feel like that comes up every episode, every live stream, every time I talk about something. I'm always talking about that toilet, and I what need Ma- that toilet playset. What Mattel really needs to do is they need to stop packing these. I I I will admit I was wrong. I thought packing humans separately was probably a good idea. And I don't think it's working out the way they wanted to. What they need to do yep. is they need to regroup and they need to release packs of humans. And it needs to be sets of three or five. And they need to charge as much as they would charge for like a, a, a dual attack or something. And it just needs to be a human pack because I don't think that they, I don't think that these single edition characters, especially like Owen, right. And the legacy characters, I just don't think they're selling as much as they thought they were going to sell. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. A, a pack of humans is interesting. I could definitely go for that for sure. But like even further than that, they need to – instead of like giving you the submarine with the Mosasaurus and just random mercenary number one, that needs to be labeled as, hey, his name's Doug you know, or something like that or you know, comes with Owen. Stop releasing so many Owens and then release – uh, an Owen with something in particular. I want them packaged up with a playset, with a vehicle, you know, like something like that. If they had less Owens on the pegs, but more Owens with an ATV, I- I'd be all for that. Um, but yeah, I think 
like you said about Kelly Malcolm, like that was great that it came with, you know, a bigger set. Um, that's where they need to really sell these humans, I think. I think about my Kenner figures and like I have all the original Kenner figures. So like I'm talking, I have AJ, I have um, the the Nick Van Owen that comes with like the black brontosaurus, uh, a patasaurus. Like uh-huh. I have all of those and I didn't spend extra money on eBay. I have them naturally from uh probably Christmas gifts for those. Yeah. Um, but I, I would be really sad if I didn't have an, I would be, I would be sad if it was like, Hey, Comic-Con exclusive AJ, but like, I wouldn't be like destroyed. I'm, I'm really <laughs> destroyed over this dumb Ammon figure. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to say. I think it's just, um, it's unfortunate, um, that we have to go through this. That should have really been announced as a dual, you know, release, in, in two separate places. Um, yeah. I, I'm worried about the future. Um, I I do have faith that Mattel will pull through and release this in some fashion. I really, I think it just really depends on where the legacy collection falls. Like, it, are the ties going to be cut with targets? Um, will they maybe, you know, do this solely on Entertainment Earth or Amazon or something? Like, Why do I, you think they keep pushing this legacy collection? Like, be done with know. it. Just yeah. Jurassic like I don't understand why we still have to have legacy tied up in this. It makes no sense to me. Like a raptor's a raptor, in my opinion. Like, granted, I get there was different paint schemes in all the original movies, but like, like why is there a legacy raptor? It's just it just needs to be a raptor. No, that's the problem with the with the brand in general is is brand confusion and and people not understanding what the difference is. Um, the legacy collection looks like it may come from a different company or something. You know, you know, you don't know because there are um, IPs out there that you know come from different brands. So this right. could look like that, but it does it doesn't. It's the same brand. Um, so it's confusing. They should just get rid of it, please. Just go under Jurassic World. And really everybody really knows who Hammond is. They're not confused that he – oh, wait. Hammond was in Fallen Kingdom? Oh, no, no, no. This is just Hammond from the first movie. Obviously, he's wearing those clothes. You know, like we're not dumb. Right. Like when you go look at Star Wars figures on the shelves, do they say like specifically like what movie they're from? No. It's just like, hey, Star Wars, uh, General Grievous, right? And it's – you know, they've got some other – cute surtitle like some branding thing that they're trying to pass off that quarter but no one cares everyone knows who the characters are and i think fans of this franchise definitely know who hammond is um but again like even in the old days of kenner wave two and three never sold nearly as well as wave one and the fact that hammond franklin the brachiosaur they're all coming out in this off season man it's just really it it just sucks like there's no there's no way for me to be excited about it. I'm hopeful that it comes out, but man, right now it just as a fan, it just it just kind of sucks. I agree. Um, I'm not trying to defend them fully. Um, I just think that we should just maybe have faith and just like trust that that they should come through. Uh, that's just the way I look at it. Really, I, I I know nothing about the future of what Mattel is producing, but you know, just knowing the past and knowing how. They've come through like I know the Spinosaurus is not what we're looking for exactly, but they are releasing another one. Um, it's it's not what you're it's not what we're looking for exactly. Um, they are releasing it. Fortunately, if you but here's the thing with the Spinosaur: if you really want it, if you really want the Spinosaur, you can get one at base cost 
yes, you have to figure out how to get one from the UK, but it exists yeah, and yeah. You get it at least cost. It's still on the shelves out there. That is what is stressful about this Hammond thing. It's that it's only available in this one location for a limited time to to an exclusive group of people. And I think that's what's really the worst part of all of it. Yeah. So, look, Mattel knows. They know they made a little blunder here, I think. I think do after – Do they really know or care? I think so. I, I do think they do. Um, you know, the people behind it, like I was saying, there are people behind uh, all these, you know, um, names, you know, like the Mattel – handle or you know the people who make them a lot of these people that make these items literally follow you or i or you know other people out there in the community um and they see it they do even if they don't follow you they see the hashtags or they see this or that the the shared posts um so not that i'm saying like you know tiptoe around them or anything but just be nice that's all i'm saying is yes it's a it's an unfortunate situation but but be nicer about it um not trying to lecture you all but like I don't want to see people getting in arguments or fights or, you know, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. I just don't want to see that. So no, it's not worth it. And I guess the last thing I will say is, you know, if for anybody out there who is got the means or the desire to spend all that money, please be careful on eBay. What you are buying on eBay right now is only a pre-order that someone claims they have. Look, I have no problem buying from scalpers. I am looking at a Mark. Is it a Mark Engler poster mm-hmm. um, on my wall that I bought from someone who was at Comic-Con one year, the year they were giving out in the Jeeps around the convention center. I got online and I bought from a scalper. It's a beautiful piece of work. I have no, I'm not, I have no qualms about how much money I spent on it, but please wait until these people have these items in their hands Please wait until people are taking photos of them and posting them on their eBay pages. Please do not spend this money on a pre-order. I promise you that as soon as people are getting their five a piece at Comic-Con, these will show up on eBay for hopefully less money than what they're going for now. And you will have a much more trusted interaction with someone out there. So, you know, do what you want. It's your money, but please just, you know, protect yourself in that way, Yeah, I guess. So take a step back, breathe, just take it easy. I think everything will be fine. We just have to be patient um, and see what comes of this all. Like, so I'll be honest. I think that's what I'm going to do is I'm waiting for someone to have them in their hands, in their hotel room, take a photo, and hopefully because hopefully the market will be flooded that week, I'll be able to snag one for an okay price. That's my hope. Yeah, and let's hope we see them on the shelves eventually. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah but that's course. that's about it. I mean, I think we've pretty much – beating a dead horse there so yeah we've beaten it into the ground (laughs) but um yeah that's about it that that covers it i think we uh we did a lot of topics there some quicker and everything and definitely covered john hammond quite a bit so yeah that's about it and uh, i'm sure there's a ton of stuff we didn't discuss but um oh i'm sure in the meantime if everybody's outraged like yourself where can they find you online you can send all of your grief to aaron (laughs) devire on twitter um, I will write back and sympathize with you and cry with you that I also don't have one. Sorry for the super salty episode this week. <laughs> you know, th- that's why rough. that's why I love this segment though is because our takes are always vastly different. They're like we always have the opposite sides, and we're always like 
advocating or you know hating on something so there's always like a a back and forth a discourse here so i uh, i I love it i think what's great about the segment right is generally throughout the podcast other than the mailbag right it's it's a promotional podcast right it's it's us celebrating fandom and kind of promoting you know what what the creators out there are are giving the community like like what the wire is it's kind of like hot takes it's kind of like the real um like for me it's like the real uh reactions like you know kind of kind of thing sometimes they do great things sometimes they do things that aren't so great um and we're just but it's just a great place to come and talk about it and it's not like we're complaining every week i think what's nice about the segment is if there are complaints they come out you know in one segment and then it's done and over with and we can kind of move on yeah it's a nice venting section I guess. go go back and listen to previous wires and you'll see us say a hundred other things that are great about mattel so yeah, it's just it's a it's an issue that you know it's it's current, it's timely, and you know we're somewhat outraged here. So yeah, I mean, look, I love Mattel. I just wish this was different. That's yeah, but yeah, I'm excited for the the future uh, of the segment in July. See what kind of hot takes we have then. So what do you say we head out of here? I hope that next month we have a hot take of we all got <laughs> Hammond figures from Target. <laughs> That's that would be that would be the best. That would be the best, man. Let's uh, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully. See you next month. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to the 194th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. We are getting close to 200. It's it's within our sights. We are just a few short episodes away from 200. That's that's crazy. That is I mean, to be honest, we are way over 200 if you count all the bonus episodes and all the other stuff that we've done. We are far and above 200, but uh that's just our our main episode uh you know, numbered episodes. So I still would love to celebrate 200. Who? What do you guys think? Should we? Should we do it? Should we celebrate 200? Let's plan something. Let's get this figured out because we're getting too close and I haven't planned anything yet. So we'll get on that. But thank you again for listening all this way, and of of course thank you to Aaron for joining me for the wire today. Now I know Aaron and I uh, pretty much disagree on a lot of topics. Um, and I think that's what makes this segment so great is because we have these difference of opinions. Um, oh, of course, we we do agree on a lot. Um, but I think when it matters, there's always a debate going on here on this uh, these episodes with The Wire. That's why I just love this segment so much because we... We, we can agree on, on things that are great and things that are negative, but we also take sides sometimes. And, you know, the, the Hammond figure is something that I, I, I agree with, but I also have to take a side. You know, I agree with the hate and the, and the, um, the anger. No, not the hate. I agree with the anger that's behind this figure, but... I also have to, you know, have a level head, and I, I see it that way because I, I hope and I, I, you know, really think that Mattel will come through. So if I am wrong, I will fully come clean, you know, when that time is ready because we don't know yet. We have no idea what's going to come. So, but if, if that happens, of course, I'll be like, guys, I messed up. It, the figure never showed up. You know, we never got a, a re-release of this thing. So, yes, I was wrong, but... I'm going to save that. Hopefully, I don't ever have to say that. Hopefully, Mattel will come through for us. But yeah, Aaron, I love this segment so much. I hope everybody else does as well. 
But um, yeah, I'm sure next month uh, will be a, sh- a treat for sure. We have no idea what's coming over the pa- over the next month here, but um, I'm sure it's going to be crazy. So keep an ear out for the next Jurassic Wire. But you know what? I think it's time to do some, or I'm just going to actually do one review. I've had a long weekend, and I'm recording this, you know, after driving six hours or something like that. So I am dedicated for you guys. So I'm going to just do one review. And if you could do me one favor, because I'm doing this for you right now, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Just write a few kind words doesn't have to be kind it could be negative if if you really feel that way and or if you just want it to be funny and you want to hear me read something ridiculous i'll do it i will i really will so just go to uh, apple podcasts and you if you have the app on your iphone just go on there and just pull it up just search for the show you should be easily uh you should be easily that's not a thing you should easily be able to leave a review and uh give us those five stars if you feel up to it and uh if you don't i'll still read it anyway but this one i have here comes from bizarro 50 and it says life found a way to create this podcast if you like the indie cast then you'll love the jurassic park podcast it is one of the highlights of my week you know Bizarro 50, that is so, so awesome. That That is really so amazing to hear the IndieCast and the Jurassic Park podcast in one sentence. That that really means a lot to me because the IndieCast is, is one show that I have looked up to for, oh my God. When did the, that was 2008? 11, wait, no way. No way. No, no, no. Was an eight? That's no. Yeah, what? Eleven years? Is that that's ac that's accurate? Ed, please, Ed from the the host of the IndieCast. You've been doing that for eleven? No way. No, this is this is like a legit reaction. <laughs> I've been listening to that show for eleven years now. That is absolutely crazy and awesome and incredible, and I am just blown away. I'm trying to Google Crystal Skull right now <laughs> because I'm like I'm like there's no way it is 2008. I was right. It, it's they've been doing it since before that. The IndieCast guys, if you have not listened to the IndieCast, it is one of my favorite shows of all time. So our podcasts. So I've been listening to it for 11 years now, and uh, you know they talk about Indiana Jones. Um, for a while it was every week, sorry, I hit the mic and now it's, you know, it's every other week and I, I love it. Ed is such a great host. I have truly tried to model this show off of everything that Ed has thrown together for the indie cast. It really inspired me to do this show. So like I said, to hear that show and this show together in one sentence really means a lot because that's what I modeled this after. When I when I set out to do a Jurassic show, I looked at my catalog of podcasts and I said, what's the kind of show that I want to produce? And I saw the IndieCast there. I saw, you know, uh, WDW Radio with Lou Mangello. And I saw shows like that. And I said, I want to be positive like WDW. I want to put together... Uh, Lou, uh, Ed is also positive as well. But I also want to put together, you know that type of show that he did with the audio clips and the segments, the transitions, the ability to let anybody be a part of it. 
that was where, you know, the indie cast really became prominent here is because Ed, you know, took the time to let anybody from the uh, the fan community for Indiana Jones be a part of the show. So, um, you know, you guys who have joined the show, who have become a part of it, who have called in, who have done, you know, anything to help support it, that's all because of Ed and the indie cast. So, you know, go please give him a subscribe. Go follow him on Instagram or Twitter or wherever and just uh, go support that show. But, you know, this week, um, I, you know, I always try to, to try to lift you guys up and to say something positive and and I'm going to continue that. So something that I learned, you know, again this week after meeting everybody is that, you know, meeting uh, the people that you see online, the 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 images that you see in your in the avatars on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever it's an amazing experience to meet those avatars in real life, to see those people that are behind those accounts. So, you know, summer is here. So why don't you go ahead and please go message those people and say, you know what? Let's let's meet up. Let's hang out. Let's do a, a fan meetup at some event. Let's just go to a movie. Let's get lunch. Let's get dinner. Let's just hang out in a park. I don't know whatever you guys want to do, but... Go set some plans. Meet up with some people because it is incredible. You know, meeting, like I said before, meeting up with these people that, you know, I had the chance to meet with, it was like we have been friends forever. Like I had gone to middle school, to high school, to college with all of these people, and I've known them for my entire life. So I, uh, I'll i cherish meeting everybody, you know, that I did this past weekend. And of course, over all the other. Uh, meetups and events that we've been a part of here at the Jurassic Park podcast. It's because of the fandom that we have such awesome relationships because, you know, uh, friendships and stuff that you've been having since you were a very small kid may have faded away over time. Of course, some linger. Linger. That makes it sound really bad. You know, all your current friends are bad. They linger. (laughs) All the internet friends are the best. So that's what I'm trying to say here is forget about your real life, no, of course, your your real life friends are great, but, oh, you know what, that's what I've been trying to say, actually, let me, let me, let me, let me just state this real quick, let's, I gotta do it myself, too, of course, but let's stop saying real life friends or internet friends, because, guys, they're just friends, everybody, we're, we're just friends, we're in an age where it's not weird, it's not, uh, you know, strange, it shouldn't be strange, um it's a normal thing so everybody's we're all just friends that's it we're all just friends so thank you guys for being my friend i really appreciate it let's roll the outro saddle up let's get this movable feast underway please give us a follow on twitter at jurassic park pod and myself at brad jost also on facebook and instagram at jurassic park podcast don't forget to join the jurassic park podcast group on facebook you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. 
If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, jurassicparkpod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.